0: Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom.
1: Oh, you know, for me, the action is the
0: juice. I'm in. Hello, and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 237. I'm Dave, and I'm here with the Emerald Avenger. Rich, how are you? Tired, but looking forward to the show. And you're the guy who put a Fitbit on my girlfriend's wrist. You put, you made that deal today, Rich. So you've <laughs> gone up a notch, uh, much higher than Dion's ever been. He's never been so useful in his entire life. So you're, oh, you know, it's a low bar, but I'll take it. Yeah, it is a low bar that guy sets. I guarantee it. Um, he's been annoying me all day long with getting a new TV and like, oh my God, like you know how much he's spending and.
1: I, he, he says
0: should I get it I'm like yeah get it it's not my money what do I get I'm just like get it like I, go, I want to see something good when I come around to your house to watch cinema or doom so yeah get it like very selfishly I'm not worried about your finances <laughs> like mortgage the house again if you have to damn, but I want a pleasurable experience uh, during cinema
1: you know selfish maybe oh, no. <laughs> well I, I, I myself upgraded to a 65 and I'm loving it so yeah the last time we, we were in
0: person um, you had the new TV didn't you um yeah yeah and it was fantastic and yeah, no, it was a great tv and i mean the one you got me um is in the office it's fantastic and the one um you got me michelle is out there as well like i mean i don't know i, I just think like maybe it's something sad about our lives but like having a nice big tv I, I feel i think is like a really good thing like it's funny when you watch movies from like Mate, I, I, for
1: me it's like living in the future man like seriously when um, i was a kid yeah that was shit. watching movies you know, on a fucking what, twenty-five inch or yeah, you know, thirty-inch kind of TV. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and you did it without thinking you about it. That didn't was you? great. But yeah. every time you went to the movies, you were like, and now it feels like you have the movies totally in your agree. living room. It's great. It's like yeah. a in the future.
0: I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I, one of my main memories is we had like, uh, you know, what you would have called back in the nineties, a big TV in our lounge room, and out in the sort of like, um you know, family room or whatever you want to call it, kind of, that we had a smaller one, which was really just for, you know, the news being on when we're having dinner or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, and um, I, you know, as I got older, I used, you know, uh, I used to sometimes at night take that TV into the, um, my bedroom just to watch like a a show at night or something. And I'll never forget half asleep watching this cricket match where the Aussies came back from just near defeat to win a World Cup semi final. And it was on the smallest shitter screen, and I'm like across the you know room in my bed, and honestly, I was so enraptured. So even back then, you could. It was funny that you just sort of accepted it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, the, m- m- when I was a teenager, I was I I thought you know I, well I was blessed, absolutely blessed to have a couldn't be more than a twenty inch mm. black and white yeah uh, little TV in my bedroom, and I thought I was like you know, King Tut, yeah, the king. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, look at that. I got-. Now, if, if I look back at that, I'd be like, Jesus, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, sit- I'm sitting in a lounge watching a 65-inch, you know, movies, and I'm just like, how far I've come.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, man. <laughs> um, now, in terms of what have you been doing? Any, any buys this week? Any big reads this week outside of the show stuff?
1: Uh, so I've actually made uh, – uh, an, an update because if you remember, I was um, my goal is to pretty much own every single Star Wars Legends oh, yeah. uh, novel. Yes, and there's a total of 146. And Jesus. at last count, my collection was at 74. Wow, and I've just purchased another 15, so wow. I'm up to 89 now. That's
0: pretty good. So these are all the novels that came out from the 90s through to whenever Disney bought
1: them, isn't it? Oh, no, even earlier than the 90s. This is, like, literally from, like, 70s, 80s.
0: Oh, really? But there was a lot more from, like, the 90s, wasn't there? From the 90s, they did a lot more.
1: Uh, So, 90s, I would say, is when they started um, actually almost having, like, summits. Right. Where they would actually... uh, It would be sort of like... They would plan a whole uh, big storyline. So, like, from that area... Like, so, before that... If you're talking about like your 80s and, and early 90s, it used to just be like either one off books or duologies or trilogies, you know, that they do. Sure. And then probably say late 90s, 2000s, they started sort of doing like um, these long books that would take like one massive story or event. They would literally take like 10, 15 one. books. I've not read any of those. I mean, I know Timothy
0: Zahn's the kind of considered one of the masters, yeah? Well, that was probably, like,
1: uh, the best at the time mm. when, when uh, those came out. Like, the, the, they sort of literally, like, considered the pinnacle. But the the, the New Jedi Order
2: mm.
1: uh, series, which introduced the, the Uzong Vong, mm-hmm. uh, is really a great read as well. And um, the legacy of the Force is absolutely fantastic. Like, if you want a solo slash Skywalker going bad, yeah, uh, it, it, the, the New Generation... That one is fantastic.
0: Wow. Isn't it funny that, um that like, all, all this stuff's there and they didn't use any of it and they were just so confused? Well, you
1: know? remember, Kathleen Kennedy said that they didn't have any comics or novels to draw inspiration from. <laughs> what an amusing comment that is. You know,
0: it's just funny because, like... Like, if that tells you that you shouldn't be in charge of, of, of a franchise, I don't know what does. Yeah, it was a stupid comment. I mean, even if, even if she was sort of speaking out of turn, the fact is, like... I mean, Lucasfilm, they put out tons of stuff, you know, like comics and stuff. Even I know that. Um, Yeah. yeah, We've
1: done To me, the smart thing would have been to just take the best of that world. And even if you've got to tweak it or change it or whatever or repurpose it, just the the blueprint is there. You're like, you literally had most of the work for you. You could have seen what worked, what didn't work, you know, what you want to borrow from. Yeah, you don't need to do an exact copy,
0: but just, uh, you know, take bits and pieces. No, I
1: agree. I agree, and and and, I'm very close to to possibly buying my first Hot Toys. Oh, good! What are you going to get? My fingers hovering over the. So they've just come out with a um, uh, a Luke Skywalker from The Mandalorian. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. When he came into the and dominated, and
2: it looks it looks really good.
0: How old is Luke? There, like about forty. Or a bit younger. Oh, no. Oh, a bit younger? probably about 30. Okay. So it's after in Return years. of the Jedi, isn't it?
1: But it's. It's only like three years or something after Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, I mean, maximum I would put him at like 30.
0: Man, I remember as a kid how cool I thought Luke was when he came in with the black uniform, you know? In Return yeah, of the Jedi. Yeah. Like I, I I He went up in my estimation a lot when he did that. I was like, okay, this guy's for real now, you know? I was like, "Yeah, this yeah, is it. what a
1: shame where he wound up."
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I'm 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 at that point now where I'm I'm not even worrying about that stuff. I'm just like, "Fuck them," like I don't care. You know, I'm just yes. like, "Fuck it," it's pointless to worry about it. Um, now as for me, I, I made a couple of big buys. Um, we had Chuck Dixon on the show uh, last weekend. What an interview that was, Rich. And people have really been responding how much they've enjoyed it. And um, I mean, I had a great time, and I know Chuck had fun. Did you have a good time?
1: Yeah, man. I'm, and, you know, I, I loved it. And, uh, you know, we put a lot of uh, uh, work and, and, and effort into it. So it's really great to hear that um, uh, people are enjoying it and responding to it because it, it makes uh, the hard work pay off.
0: Yeah, yeah. We did plenty of prep. I'm a big believer in preparation. You know, um, if you're prepared. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: you have to, man. You've got to, you know, you've got to really dig into it you, and, you get and some find guys... some. Because you, you've got to. Remember, I think it, it's also there's a part of me where I kind of want to try and ask him questions he hasn't been asked as well. I mean, you've got to sure. go throw in, yeah. obviously, the sure. the regular stuff because, you know, it's, this could be someone's first time listening. But yeah. I'm always trying to like just look through their work and all that and just try and uh, come at it from an angle where I'm like, what sort of question do I think that they maybe haven't been asked? And Sure. And all that sort of stuff, or you know what I mean? Because that keeps it fresh for them as well. Oh, 100%. Otherwise, they, mean, yeah. they just get the same old...
0: And he's been on the uh, signal. I think that was his fourth or fifth time, and he's always a pleasure, frankly, to chat to. Just such a nice guy. And, I mean, he's so good-humoured, and that makes it all so much easier. We've been really lucky, actually. All the people we've had on the show, I've really enjoyed. Like, every different people, you know, different personalities, but I've really enjoyed just talking to all these people that we've had Chuck on recently... We had um, JMD Mateus, who was very interesting. We had Tom DeFalco, who I thought was just fascinating. The way he was just Mm. speaking, you know, it was, we've had some great people on. And my next target is, um, I want to get on, obviously, Larry Hummer, if we can ever get him. I mean, he's a bit of, he's (laughs) the great white ghost at the moment, whatever you call it, the white whale. um, Hard to catch. But um, I really want to get John Ostrander on the show, actually. Um, Oh, man,
1: that that would be fantastic. I
0: know you're the big suicide squad guy and. Oh, you know me, I've got my questions ready for Hawkman, uh, because he did a big Hawk World run that I'm currently reading. And believe you me, I've got some questions. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I love my Hawkman, Rich. Um, he's pretty you cool. You do, you do. Yeah, I've, I've always liked him. Like, even when I knew nothing about him, I just liked his design. <laughs> like, I, I've, I for a long time, I've said this on the show before, so apologies for, um, repeating myself, but for, like, all my life growing up, I thought he was, like, a literally a hawk man. I didn't realise those wings came off. Um, I thought he was, like, a man with wings, you know?
1: Um, And I was kind of... Yeah, well, I get it. I mean, to be fair, he has had a very uh, confusing life, so... Yes,
0: that's true. Now, um, as for me, uh, I was mentioning to Chuck, I made the Road to No Man's Land Omnibus Purchase, Uh, So that should be winging its way towards me very shortly. That's got all of Contagion. I've actually got it all in trades, but I I just said to myself, why don't I get the Road to No Man's Land and then get No Man's Land Omnibus and put them next to my Nightfall? And I've pretty much got the whole 90s Batman laid out um, because Mm -hmm. the Road to No Man's Land is one Omnibus, but No Man's Land was so big that one big Omnibus is just part one and then there'll be a part two. Similar to Nightfall was over three. So... So I've um, put those buys in, so they should be coming my way soon, and I bought two Bob Dylan biographies um, by the same author. When I first got into Bob Dylan rich, I was about 16, and um, I got in heavy, and my dad or my parents bought me a biography called Behind the Shades, and it was really a good biography. It was written by a fan um, kind of approach, like the, the writers really into Bob Dylan, but it was really detailed and it went through his whole career up until at that point in time was like 1991. And it. I actually used a lot of his suggestions to go out and buy different Bob Dylan records because you've got to remember back then we were talking about CDs, Rich, you know, like um, and your pocket money could only stretch so far, you know, your allowance, whatever you had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I there were the obvious ones, but he was really good at picking out stuff from the 70s that was worth listening to and even the 80s as well, and it always made a big impression on me. Well, the guys re-released it um, about 10 years ago. He did like another, well, not 10 years ago, about five years ago, did another sort of an updated one, and I thought, well, I long ago lost my old copy. I'd love to buy that, so I bought that, and he's just put out a a big hardcover about Bob Dylan's like early career, like a separate series of books, so I I thought to myself, well, I'll, I'll grab that, that big hardcover. So, I picked those bad boys up, Rich, and um, I'm looking forward to them coming my way. And finally, wrapping up this consumer buyathon, I was on Amazon today and I saw the Rambo Quadrilogy. So, not the final film, Last Blood, but the other four Blu rays all together for 17 bucks in a package. So, I just bought that. And
1: uh, Nice. That's a good deal.
0: I thought so. And, I mean, I love those movies, dude. Especially First Blood, one, Part 1 and 2. Um, no, man, that, that, that's a bargain. That's yeah, a I steal. Thought so. Yeah, so I. I grabbed that, and um, now I'm, now I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I reordered a, a shelf, and this weekend, Rich, um, I'm going to be cleaning out some old trades that I've either upgraded from or just have no interest in, and I'm going to put them in a box. I'm going to have two boxes uh, because I've I've got one box already. Um, you can have anything out of the box that you want, and then the rest of it I'm just going to give to charity. Um, yeah, and oh, now you're making me feel guilty. <laughs> What? What? You like can have whatever you want.
2: Charity. Oh, well,
0: or just throw out. Like, I mean, I'm not one of these guys who's going to spend time flipping shit on eBay, like, for fucking 10 bucks. I don't care. You know, um, it's all too much hard work. Um, but I am going to get a box of it. And, like, for, for example, though, Rich, I've already mentioned my original Transmetropolitan trades. I think 10 of mm-hmm. them. I don't need them anymore because I've bought the five new reissued. So it's mostly to clear out some space on shelves if you know what I mean, and like... Yeah, yeah,
1: shelf, shelf space. I think we discussed this the other week. Shelf space is a commodity.
0: It is, and I also reorganised a little shelf just by my left because I kind of have the reading pile on my... Sh- if you get to my office and you get on the shelf there, you're a very good chance of getting read. Um, <laughs> and, you know, because a bit of a competition. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've just reordered a shelf here, so I'm just looking down. I've got my Stephen King Dark Tower books... And then I've got some some stuff next to that, including some stuff
1: coming up on the show. I, I I do mine the opposite way. Like, I don't I don't put them in a pile of have or not read. I kind of want to feel like I'm perusing through a, uh, you know, like when you used to oh, go yeah. hire movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like to, everything's sort of like mixed into like have read, have not Just that It gives me an opportunity to just like, you know, go through the spines and go, what am I in the mood for reading? Like No, no, that's like a good a, point.
0: My mind's you know, a mixture. I, I have stuff, ironically, that, I haven't read yet that I really want to read that I just have here. Then some stuff it's like literally there's a couple of Wolverine trades here that, um, uh, I you know, I just want to grab. I've always got whatever Judge Red I'm reading. You know, it's it's a combination of things. But anyway, so it's all good fun. Um, good now, fun. I do want to say we are proud members of the collective, so check out the collective shows. You've got, like, shows like Inner Demons, Into the Night, Last Sons of Krypton. Uh, there's a new one about, um, uh, like, Spider-Gwen, which is good. Um, there's a whole lot of different shows on the collective. So check us out. They've got, we've got a Facebook page now as well. Ray has a lot more to do with the Facebook page than me. I'm just pretty much the egocentric star. You know what I'm saying? Rich? So, <laughs> sort of like, you know, rolling around, solo, entourage, obviously, but very high on his own supply. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't Ray, Ray have handles that. I mean.
1: Have your people call my people. That's it. And just yeah. tell me where I need to be.
0: And, I mean, obviously, if Ray wants to chat, you know, I'm always down for that, a bit of inner demons. But the inner workings of the collective, like the voting, I often just proxy my votes in. You know what I'm saying? I I do do the thumbs up or down, Emperor style is kind of my way, you know. I keep it pretty simple. Um, Then I do want to mention also our Patreon. Thank you to all the Patreon supporters. Um, You really help us, really, to be honest, put the show out because it all goes towards hosting costs. Um, and and equipment costs, stuff to do with the show, like mixers, microphones, all that kind of stuff. But um, it is a really big help. I really appreciate it. And if anyone can spare as little as a dollar a month, like, think of it like a cup of coffee. Do we give you a cup of coffee's worth of entertainment every month? I think we do. I think we give you several cups. But I'll settle for just <laughs> one. Um, and just hit us up on patreon.com slash signalofdoom. And, you, you know, you can just... Anything you do to support the show is greatly appreciated. Um... We've got uh, Brian Biggie um, is going to recommend a trade. Because if you're a member of the, uh, the Patreon, you can suggest trades, you know, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll throw that into the rotation. So Brian Biggie, um, we're going to do a trade of his soon. I've asked him whatever he wants. And then, and also too, if, if you back at a certain level, you can, you know, suggest things for Cinema Doom, which Michael Kellishim's done. And the next Cinema Doom um Dean and myself are going to do, we're doing one of Michael Kellishim's um, recommendations, Yojimbo. Um, I believe a Japanese samurai movie. I think we discussed last week, Rich. So fantastic movie. Is it better than Seven Samurai, which I enjoyed?
1: Uh, oh, I, I mean that's really tough, man. That's
0: it's a great movie. That is
1: like that's like picking your two favorite children. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, it's it's really hard, but because well, they are different. Yeah, well, I'm looking you know, forward it's, to it. I'm it's it's it. different stories, different characters, but. Uh, Oh yeah, that that it's it's that good that I. I oh, yeah, I, just off the top of my head, I could not say which one is better.
0: Okay, well it's obviously very good though if you're saying that because Seven Samurai is excellent. Um, now turning to some news, Captain Kirk is in space. He went in on the Jeff Bezos, uh billionaire, by a fucking you know get to like sub atmosphere, whatever you want to call it. Like he got on, he got on board. Um, an emotional Shatner um, afterwards had a Kirk Spock moment with Bezos. Uh, he said to Bezos how annoyed he was of what he saw and how it prompted him to consider life and death. What you've given me is the most profound experience I can imagine, he told Bezos. I hope I never recover from this. And um, apparently... Sweet. Yeah, and apparently uh, a couple of people mentioned George Takei. Sulu, a guy fucking desperate for relevancy in 2021, well, what did he have to say, Rich? Because people have been reaching out to me. Well, what's, what's he had to say about this topic?
1: I oh, he's just saying uh, – okay, so I'm going to just paraphrase and just he's going to say how disgusting and pathetic it is. Really? And, uh, uh, he's nothing but a, uh, a, a, la- a guinea pig and stuff Jesus. and all that. And I just thought to myself, George, like, you really need to get over this shit. Like Who's a guinea pig? Who? Uh, um, um, Shatner. Why? Because he went up on the spacecraft. Yeah, I guess they're trying to just test if it works on an old man or if he's going to die going into oh, space. Give or whatever. me a break. It's to, again, a publicity again, to Takei, Yeah, but let's let's be honest. We all know that he's just salty because Shatner went up into space, and the two like oh, he wow. hates uh, Shatner.
0: <laughs> Fuck off, George Decay! Jesus Christ, I'm sick of this guy. Like, I never. I mean, he was okay as Sulu. His like late career, you know sort of resurgence has been annoying it was funny for five seconds and now it's just like go away you bitter old man you know um
1: yeah he does seem to be unable to sort of just let this feud go
0: but it seems a very one-sided feud as well. Like I don't remember Shatner saying too much shit to him. Well,
1: I mean, I mean, look, it's always going to be one-sided. I mean, don't mean to sound nasty, but I mean, Shatner is, I think, far too busy to even think about George Takei. Like Shatner is still yeah. making movies. Yeah. He's writing books. He's doing his one-man shows. Sure. You know what I mean? Like he's. I mean, the man is not like. I mean, for a guy who's like ninety years old. Oh yeah. He's he is. He is like just getting shit done. Yeah, you know, um, you know, and Unice is still doing his um, what's, what's it what's it called spoken song. Um, oh, yeah, music he's, and stuff he's, and all that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the, yeah, that man's busy and he's still popular. He's and so I just think you know why he doesn't have time to even think of about George. Whereas I think George has got <laughs> a lot of time to think about you know and Stew about how much he dislikes <laughs> <just> Shatner. <laughs>
0: It's hilarious. I, I always really believe, and I believe Shatner was very egocentric and stuff. I don't. I totally believe it, but that's most of fucking Hollywood as well. Can I say that? Well, the, you
1: know? no, but th- I think the problem with with George and this is stuff that I've heard from him, is I think he, and this is a problem. I think, look, Shatner has always been known to be a bit of an asshole, being a bit full of himself. But you know what? Sometimes when you've got the talent, sure. uh, it can go to your head, and, and you know your fame, and your popularity, but. George, I think he, the problem is, is that he believes that um, Shatner didn't like him because he was gay. Right. Oh, right. Now, so, I, okay. now, again, we don't know what if that's true or whatever. But I kind of feel like, you know, George, he could just be you could just dislike him for just being an arsehole or that you feel he was an arsehole. I think that the fact that you've associated your sexuality into it is maybe making it harder for you to let go wow. because I would not deny. I mean, lots of people have said Shatner was a bit of an ass. Yeah, back yeah. in those days, he was yeah. very—you know what I mean. He yeah. saw himself as the the star, the the, the, the prom, you know, the prom queen. He was the the diva sort of thing and all that. So maybe just attribute it to that, and you could move past it then.
0: But I'm sure he has. But it's just funny that it feels like George Takei to me is still just struggling to get his name in the news now. You know,
1: like he's yeah, he's trying. Well, to I mean, other, other than Star Trek, his biggest claim to fame was those okay. uh, Command and Conquer. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, video cutscenes that they had back in the day. Yeah. When um, he played, uh, I think it was, I think he was in number three. I, I yeah.
0: honestly think it's ridiculous, man. I. He, I, he I played like
1: the Japanese emperor or something like that. I just, you know what I mean? Like, look, mate, you, you know, you deal the hand that you dealt, and you know, he, unfortunately, he was a bigger talent than you. But it happens. Much,
0: much bigger, much bigger. Um, hilarious though, but like, yeah, I can't see Shatner uh, spending too much time on this guy. Um, now, I'm watching a show, Rich. I want to know if you've seen this show, Castle Rock. It's the thing... Never a, even heard of it. It's set in the Stephen King universe. It's a Hulu show. And, look, honestly, I thought, okay, set in the Stephen King universe, so set in, like, um, Castle Rock, but in Maine, you know, how he always does stuff in Maine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, but it's... I mean, I've watched two episodes, and, like, it's okay, but Jesus Christ, it's slow, Rich. Like... I'm like, it, this could be the most that dull sounds one. like Stephen King, really? but i but I don't know. Stephen King to me isn't this slow, normally. This is really slow. like
1: you know. uh, so here's the thing with Stephen King, and you you might notice that if you actually like actually go back and look at his work over the years, he has gotten slower and slower and slower, yeah, uh, as he's gone on in his career.
0: right, okay, because I'm probably thinking of his prime, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're thinking of like uh, 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 Cujo and Christine, uh, Christine, and all that sort of stuff. Where you you got to remember, like they also used to write a lot more short stories then. Yeah, you know, I mean, the the you know, it wasn't like thick novels. It was like little paperback, uh, yeah. thin enough to fit in your pocket type of stories sure um so of course yeah i mean you're going to cram a bit in there and you're going to tell a much shorter tighter story but his books have gotten thicker and thicker and thicker the years have gone on and they've gotten slower and slower and slower
0: well this this show it's not that it's terrible but i'm just like what is the point of this show like the guy who plays pennywise in the new movies is playing sort of like this young guy who could potentially kind of be like a devil or something um, it's kind of interesting, but I'm also like, you know, when you're watching something and you're going, is this actually good or is this really bad? I'm not sure. Like, it's, it's, it's just very slow and... Look, that's you know, never
1: a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you should either, like, really dig a show or, like, really dislike a show. When you kind of like, I really don't know how to feel about the show, it's not a great sign. <laughs> and also,
0: <laughs> I feel like if I remove Stephen King sort of aura from it. I'm like, would I be watching this? You know what I mean? Like and mm. and also I've done a bit of research. It doesn't feature any of the Stephen King characters, apart from apparently one guy who's in one of the books at some point. But yeah, it's 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 all sort of Stephen King adjacent. It's weird. Like it's like not not an adaptation technically. I don't know. But I think in the second season the the woman from Misery's in it. Um, the character that, that Kathy Bates mm. played, I believe she might be in it. I don't know. Like, I'm going to stick with it for a while. It's a late night show for me. When you know, late night, before, just before bed, I put it on. It's not that scary either. Like, I've watched two episodes and I'm like, I haven't been jump scared, and, I, and I'm not. Well, really, I think you
1: know. it's. Uh, I, I had to look at it up when you put it in the show notes because mm. uh, I'd never heard of it, and it looks like it's more of a psychological. Yeah thing than a, a horror thing right okay well it's just the vibe i got from just reading the synopsis and all that i feel like it's supposed to be more about you know dealing with people's psyches and and weird shit and and, and stuff where there will be a little bit of scares in it but it's not like a horror horror
0: i just think to myself rich you know like i i, I you know time is so precious and yeah. <laughs> you know, that feeling of like, do I want to waste more time on this? I'm going to give it a couple more episodes because I'm, I sort of like it a little bit, but, but like, I, I, I sense lost opportunities. Like, I, I'm like, I don't know why they're not going harder and faster. Why are they sort of like teasing everything? And guess who I saw was involved as a fucking executive producer, JJ. And I was like, well, there's a fucking guy. Cause it's got that mystery box feel to it,
1: you know? Um, oh, oh man! I, I'll be honest with you. If you see his name attached, run the other way. Honestly, yeah. I said if he's Adam, got if he's got even one finger in the pie, just throw away the pie.
0: I said to Adam the computer, if I saw JJ, I'd like to throw a fucking box at him and say, "What a fucking <laughs> what a fucking mystery, JJ!" In the No, no, no.
1: What you should do is you throw a box at him and he turns around. You go, "Who threw that, JJ? It's a mystery." <laughs> exactly. I mean. Like, you're like me.
0: If I see J.J.'s name now, I'm like, fuck you, J.J. Like, you know, with your fucking half-baked
1: bullshit. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Seriously, he's burned, for me, he's burned all the bridges.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, for a guy who's fucking produced just about everything that comes out, his movie resume as a director isn't that impressive, really. Like, he really hasn't directed that many good movies, if you actually look at it.
1: Um, well, again, yeah. you see, it's, it's one of these issues where I think someone gets off to a good start, mm. you know, because uh, he got a bit of a start, again, as a writer. Alias. You know, and, and he did have success with uh, Alias, and he had success lost. with, um, what lost. was it, Super 8? And Lost. It, well, I was going to say, uh, before we get to Lost, mm. Lost, I think, is when you started to see this bullshit of yeah. he doesn't finish things, because... Just like Game of Thrones, I think literally every single person was disappointed with uh, Lost by the End. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Because it was, again, it was just mystery box after mystery box. And the problem with not also, okay, there's two problems. When you don't actually explain the mystery boxes, that's annoying. Yeah. But then when you introduce all these things and you have a massively unsatisfactory conclusion, that's just as bad. Totally, yeah. And that's his problem. He either, it's it's an unsatisfactory conclusion to whatever mysteries, or there's no conclusion. Yes. It's very rare that there's a satisfactory conclusion to the uh, his mystery boxes. Yeah, fuck his mystery boxes. I hate them now. Like, I
0: even hate that that people use them as like, oh, we want to do what JJ did and have all these mystery boxes. I'm like, could you stop using the fucking term? Because he doesn't know how to use them properly.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, look, that's the same with uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Like, you know, yes, he had success with like. Um, uh, um, uh, Six Sense? Six Sense? Yeah, yeah, Six Sense, but I'm trying to think of the other one with Bruce Willis. Unbreakable? Um, yeah, Unbreakable, right? And two movies with a bit of a twist is fine. Sure. Five movies with a twist, you're kind of like, okay, you cannot keep doing this, mate. Just change, you know what I mean? You Like, like JJ with always doing mystery boxes that never have an answer, you cannot make a movie. And every time there's a twist ending, because then people, when they go into your movie. are waiting for the twist. Are just waiting for the twist, knowing that. So you should have, like, mixed it up. You should have spiced it up. Yeah. You know, made yeah. just a regular comedy movie or a, just a regular mystery movie. But you know what I mean? And you throw out those, um, uh, those twists every now and again in a movie. You know sure. what I mean? You keep it sparse. Yeah. And that's the problem with JJ. Yeah, okay, these mystery box stuff is fine if it's, every third or fourth movie that you do and you and you you're not but he's dependent on it just like m night shyamalan is like dependent on the twist yeah it's it's what you're known for and it'll be your demise if that's all you are known for yeah you become a one trick pony although it's not it's not jj's demise because somehow he can, yeah i know i can get his fingers into every pie. yep that's the thing with jj like he just
0: he's one of these guys who succeeds despite his kind of crap Like I think it's because he's so prolific and he's so successful and he's got so much power in Hollywood that it just turns Also, he's made a
1: lot of good connections. Yes, yeah, I I, I agree. Like he's got so many great connections, probably thanks to you know a lot of Halberg and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's more about people are hiring their friend.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's very connected. I mean, he's a huge presence in Hollywood. I mean, he has his detractors, but at this point, he's 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 almost too big to you know. Criticism does nothing to a JJ movie now or a JJ too, show. Yeah, too, too big to fail. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, now I want to turn our attention to this week. We had uh, coming out of lockdown, Sydney and Kings Comics reopened on Monday. Kinnikinika did not open on October eleven. They opened on October thirteen from and are doing twelve p.m. to five p.m. As far as I'm concerned, Rich, I'll say it on the show: poor planning, poor execution, running scared. It's a mark on their record. As far as I'm concerned. What do you think? Uh, I disagree. What are you disagreeing about now, Rich? What, what's going on? You, you're a can't, can't, uh, apologist Well,
1: as no. Again, as someone who works in retail, I can offer you a, uh, a a different perspective from just the consumer, Dave. What's that? What is it? Well, Australia has basically said, if you're not vaccinated, you can't go to work. Right. Right. So, one, we were told that we were going to be opening it up on the 18th. Mm-hmm. Then they suddenly said... With like one week's notice. No, nope, we're opening up on the eleventh. Right. And every single employee has to be fully vaccinated. So to vaccine. be able to work. Yeah. So the problem is, is you'll probably find that they could not scrape together enough people mm. to open. And this probably twelve to five is probably for the staff that the amount of staff that they have is just. Okay. That's all they can cover.
2: So get, yeah, it, okay.
1: Look, and I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying we don't know because some of our stores have had the same problem where one of our stores had no storemen, no admin, uh, and missing salespeople because they weren't vaccinated. They weren't double They weren't double vaccinated. So they could be in that same position where they literally had to scramble mm. to try and figure out how they were going to open with the staff that they had. And But that's poor yeah, planning. Uh, we,
0: we were shut for so long. How, how come they couldn't get the staff faxed in time? They had well, because
1: you, well, Until then, there was no thing forcing you to get vaxxed. Yeah, I, see, if I'd been running the business, everyone would
0: have been vaxxed, or they wouldn't be Ooh, working. Oh, jeez. I would have I would fought you on that. <laughs> I would have loved to have been part of that. I don't know. But anyway, at the end of the day, they...
1: The, and I, again, I'm saying this as someone who is vaxxed. Yeah. I will fight for every person's right mm. to not be vaxxed if they don't want to be vaxxed. Yeah, I know, Rich. You've got that audience segment locked
0: down. We all know it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just annoyed that, that they weren't opening on the same day as everyone else, and to me that's just letting a competition in the door. And I was also annoyed there was no twenty percent off sale to come in, to brave this fucking COVID, you know, inflicted city. I I want twenty percent off to come in, man. You know, roll
1: those mate, fucking mate, dice. This, can I can I just tell you now the shopping centres are fucking actually you were there today. They no, are packed mate. you don't need some <laughs> you know i, I know as a, again as a consumer you would like that but as a business like there's really no need like there's yeah. no need to give the milk away for free when the cows are coming in like they are coming in man and, and remember I, I actually said this to you today mm. george a romero was right yes you did say that people yeah. are brain dead obsessed with the mall for no reason other than just to be at the mall yeah yeah no, I believe you. Like bro. as soon as as soon as we were open, the mall was packed. Yeah, and I thought to myself, why? What well, are you doing it's, it's, here other it's, it's than just habit. walking around, yeah. looking at the shops, and sitting down having a coffee for three hours? Like I don't mean to sound nasty, but I mean me. The only time I go to the shop is when I need something.
0: Mm. I'm a and hit then and I buy that and go home. I'm a hit and run guy. Always have been. Like um, yeah, I, I I'm not a believer in just hanging around. Like. I, I but but yeah, for
1: so much of the population, the mall is just the place to go.
0: It's like being stuck in the 80s and stuff, and there was like more rats and all that kind of shit, you know?
1: Well, that's it. I mean, look, kids I can understand because that's a place they can hang out with, you know, yeah. hang out at where there's shit they can go and steal and <laughs> and give the, the security guards a hard time while on their skateboards and shit and all that. It's all fun for them, but as an adult, I don't understand the appeal of hanging out at a shopping center for like hours. No, neither do I. I mean, go in, get your thing, and come home. I mean, I, I went it. today,
0: got the Fitbit off you. I dropped into to Jabby Hi Fi to price check against the Rambo thing and then found Amazon and slash prices. So I just walked out of Jabby Hi Fi. But I was just, it was just kind of, I was in there for probably 10 minutes, maybe, you know? And in that 10 mm. minutes, I checked the games. I, I did a quick zip of, um, The movie section. Um, (laughs) I'm always. (laughs) This is so funny. I'm always. I never got the Batman Begins Blu-ray, and it it really annoys me that I've never seen it. I always see the 4K, and I really just want the Blu-ray to complete my. That's right.
1: It's overrated anyway.
0: Well, yeah, I know, but like, (laughs) but like, I always check to see if they just happen to have it, and then I always always want to get Amazing Spider-Man Two. On Blu-ray, because then I have all the Spider-Man movies. But I never want to pay more than ten dollars for it, so I always check to see if it's if it's like nine ninety-nine. Well,
1: mate, if you if you don't if you got if you don't have anything against second hand, you should always try at the CEX shop. Where's that? Uh, it's in the shop. It's in Hornsby. It's it's um. in in Westfield? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh upstairs. Oh, near where Maya used to be. Is
0: that right? Yeah, yeah. No, I do know that shop. Yeah, no, I don't really have anything against second hand. Um yeah, but uh yeah, anyway, that, if
1: you want to find some maybe older Blu-rays that aren't in, like in circulation or that are just too expensive on um like like I kid you not. Like um when I was collecting I, I got came late to collecting the Star Wars Clone Wars TV show. Sure. Uh and now if you go on like Amazon it's like fucking 180 bucks, 200 bucks for one season. Really? Yeah, it's fucking ridiculously overpriced. So I always pop into these CEX shops just to see who's traded in or or handed in. And I actually got two of the box sets for like 30 bucks or something yeah. like that, uh, luckily, when I was looking in there. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to try and find a Blu-ray that you just can't seem to find anywhere in like the regular shops, give them a go.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that's a, that's a good idea, Rich. You fill us some good ideas tonight, man. Now, did you see this thing? Uh, I believe his name is James Costa. Uh, a very uncanny impersonation of Robin Williams at the height of his Mork and Mindy fame, uh, leading the calls for a Robin Williams biopic. Have you seen this footage from this guy? It's amazing. He's 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 doing Robin Williams at 1982, um, and he's in the trailer, and obviously um, the actress who's playing with him in the scene is the... She's playing the actress who played uh, Mindy you know, mm. um, so there's obviously a woman playing that role, and this guy, I swear to God, does the best Robin Williams, at first he starts off doing morgue stuff into the his mirror as he's getting his, you know, hair done or something, and then she breaks the news to him that John Belushi has died, like, overnight, and it is the most heartbreaking, uh, emotional, like, tender scene you actually believe you're watching robin williams like it's that good it is amazing frankly and um yeah it 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 brought a tear to the eye and, and like this this is a guy born to basically do impersonation of robin williams like it's like the second coming almost it's amazing um i think you'd really like it
1: yeah but i mean to be fair hollywood doesn't like to give people what they want
0: well, yeah. I mean, I, I'd never heard of this guy in my life. And apparently, he's he's been known before. He's come out before with Robin Williams stuff. But this was very well done, I must say. Like, they did a really good job um, of it. And, wow, it brought the memories back for me back in the early days. Robin Williams, even before Good Morning Vietnam as Mork. I mean, he blew it away as Mork, you know? Mm. And, um, hey, man, it, it just reminded me what a loss it was, you know, to, to lose Robin Williams. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, but at least he has a quite a big uh, filmography. So uh, massive,
2: yeah. yeah. He's never far
1: away. Well, that's very true. And his stand-up and
0: stuff, you know, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing guy. Um, then we have Halloween Kills uh, debuting today. Um, this is the sequel to the 2018 Halloween movie, um, which was the sequel to the original Halloween. An amazing remake Halloween was, and I cannot wait to watch Halloween Kills. Um I I have it ready and re- ready to go after this show man. I I loved the 2018 movie. Did you get, did you get a chance to watch it, Rich?
1: Nah. I'll stick to the original.
0: Dude, if you like the original Halloween, you would love the 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 Halloween that came out in 2018. It was amazingly well done.
1: But I I've, I've seen it. In the original.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like I mean that's every slasher film ever, man. Like that was the template for slasher films,
1: you know? Yeah, but I, I'm look. I, I I think everyone is is quite familiar with my stance. Is I'm not okay. interested in remakes and okay uh, and, and shot for shot, like um. But it wasn't shot for shot, of, man. It wasn't shot no, for shot. No, but you know, no. I'm just used, I'm just saying what I don't like. Okay. Like when they do like shot for shot, like uh, retelling of stories or remakes, or you know, and stuff. I'm just not interested because I just I have the original. Yeah. If I want to watch. Friday the Thirteenth, or Halloween, or whatever. I just pop in the original.
2: <laughs>
1: like I just I don't need to. Like it's there. I don't need to watch a an updated version of it. I have the original. Yeah, I hear, you, man.
0: I hear, you, but like you know, I don't know, dude. Like sometimes it, it, it is worthwhile, though, man. Like sometimes there's some really good shit that comes out, you know.
1: Like it's. Uh, I, I I don't know. I just I, I as I said, I just. I don't want to give my money to like the remakes and stuff and all that because I'd I'd rather I'd rather buy new things or experience new things and you know look maybe it's a small yeah so
0: rich so basically you're just against remakes in general yeah
1: yeah pretty yeah. much
0: if you had to break if you had to break it down to brass tacks that's, that's what it boils down to you're you're against the actual remakes themselves um is that right like what about sequels part, yeah. what about sequels for the most part but well, what about See, I get that. Like when, when, like, okay, let's let's break it down to some actual things. So, what about Screen Five? You know, without Wes Craven. I mean, I have my concerns. Am I am I right to have my concerns?
1: Oh God, yeah, that's a cash grab, man. Yeah, yeah. And then I love it when the actors say, but "Like, okay, okay. here's the thing. Like, sorry, here's the thing. Take all the mm. sequels that they've made." Decades or years after the fact Mm -hmm. and 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 tell me how many have been good sure I'm trying to you know on aggregate and you and you would say that they would be like, oh geez maybe like one out of ten yeah Yeah, no, that's you know, what I mean like that's that's the statistics because it's not it's it's about like fuck it I've got no more ideas or I, I got no project. So let's just Fucking make a sequel to that thing that was popular back in the day, so I'm not a big fan of doing um, sequels that are set fucking decades and years after the fact. Although, again, I'm not saying you can't try. I mean, if you genuinely have a good idea, go for it. What about Ghostbusters Um,
0: Afterlife? But if it's just a cash grab. What about Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is the new Ghostbusters? Well, it certainly
1: can't be any worse than Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, that was awful. That was terrible um what I mean, about
0: like stuff
1: like say you New know Richard- and at least this one i mean i suppose this one is done by his son isn't it i believe so yeah yeah it's it's done by um Reitman's son. You know, so i mean this could just be a he, he could be wanting to do a love letter to his his dad and that means that it could be filled with actual passion and uh and desire to actually make a good product
0: apparently it's very heavy on this, this, this nostalgia is the word i'm trying to say Apparently, it's very heavy on the nostalgia, Rich.
1: What, what do you say to that? Yeah, but I mean, so far it's been getting good reviews. Yeah, uh, we'll have to wait and see what the audience score is. Um, uh, but I mean, if it's pissing off uh, Ghostbusters twenty sixteen fans, I'm all for it. Yeah.
0: Well, that was just a that was just a weak movie. I mean, I, I felt like it was just a very weak film. Like, I honestly, one of the weakest movies that I you know that I'd seen. Like, um, well, again that
1: again that is a remake. Well, again, that's a perfect example of a terrible remake. Right.
0: All right, Rich, so basically you're saying Ghostbusters 2016, example of a terrible remake, which I would 100% agree with. What about, what? and I'm going to use this as an example, what about the original Nightmare in Elm Street sequence of movies in a row and the Scream sequence of movies in a row, like Scream 1, 2, 3, came out quite close to each other, and the original Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday the 13th came out pretty consistently for a decade. Where are you on that kind of thing, where it's just a, well, it's a see, franchise?
1: That, to me, that is a little bit better because that's, you're, you're striking when the, when the, the iron's hot. Yes. You know, and you've probably got some really great ideas because you're in the moment. Yeah. You know what i mean like you've just come fresh off the movie You're like oh what if we took it in this direction or oh this would make a great scene you know what i mean like i think you are just you're bubbling with ideas yeah of uh especially after the success of something but as i said once you let once you let it get cold yeah you know once people have moved on the thing is people change you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. the person you were in the 90s when you were say watching something you're not the same person in 2020 and all you know? you've got then is nostalgia it's like yeah, 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 and you know what? It's it, it's a it's definitely an empty feeling. Like you know, a perfect example was the Zoolander movie. Oh, like yeah. that first Zoolander movie is literal like gold. It's you know so what I mean? That movie so was funny. fucking hilarious. Yeah, love it. And the sequel was just terrible. Awesome. It was just a cash in. It, it was just there to to go. Remember this. Remember this. Remember this. And same with know, Anchorman. Same with Anchorman. Um, yeah but, oh yeah exactly that's another good example yeah like it's just yeah I, if you strike striking when the iron's hot I, I just believe you're probably you're brimming with ideas and, and passion because you've just come off of it like you want to keep going I agree with you I, I
0: totally agree and Hollywood is very slow to learn that lesson I, I mean I'll give you an example of a movie that was long delayed quite good and made a lot of money Bad Boys 3 okay that that basically, no, no, I'm not saying it was like fucking Godfather, you know, but it was, it was well told. It was the most successful bad boy movie of all time, um, and it was a long time after the original. And it was really nostalgia that drew people back to the cinema. But I think for one bad boys, you, you you've probably got, I, I think for one bad boys, you've probably got twenty five, thirty examples of failures, you know. That's how rare yeah, well, it is. Well, I
1: mean, that, that's my point. Statistically, the likelihood of it being good is almost like zero. Yeah. It's like one percent, two percent.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I honestly, Bad Boys is the one example I can think of where they came back. Like, I mean, I, I really thought the the first Jurassic World was decent after that long break, and then I thought the second one was just boring, very boring.
1: I felt I was bored in the cinema, you know. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. As I said, like, it's, I, I don't know. I think if you think about it really hard in all the decades, you can probably count on one hand the amount of, like, great late sequels that have been made.
0: I guess Creed is one, you know, um, continuation of the Rocky franchise through a different character. Oh, yeah, I,
1: oh, I don't know. I, I disagree. I think that movie is way too overhyped. Mm. I thought it was okay. Because, because, look, the only thing that made that movie good was uh, Rocky's character like uh, Sylvester Stallone brings all the fucking heart and soul into that movie Um, his character but the actual Creed story is a much more hollow um, uh, emotionless retelling of the Rocky story like I don't you know what I mean like I don't feel that same connection with that character and um, I, I don't think he comes across as even like likeable or or a relatable. He's, good. Um, he's as good as, as, as
0: Rocky. Rocky does. He's nowhere near as good as Rocky. I've not even seen.
1: No, but, the but sequel, Creed huh? is literally retelling the same story as Rocky. Yeah, true, true, true. Do you know what I mean? It's almost, it's kind of like a sequel reboot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, it's nowhere near as good as the first Rocky. No. In fact, the only thing I enjoy in that movie is the scene Rocky, kind of there at the end of his his life, he's alone. You know, the cancer. I was just like, fuck that's what I want to watch. I'm not actually really interested in the Creed storyline because that's just a a, a generic version mm. of Rocky's story. Have you seen Creed because I I haven't actually. No, again, I wasn't that enamored with the the, the Creed movie, so I didn't bother watching the sequel.
0: Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting though nonetheless. But it it is a fascinating topic and Hollywood just desperate to just milk old franchises, like it's just their, it's their lifeblood.
1: Well, especially now because they are so adverse to taking risks anymore. Yeah, yeah. Now
0: I've got a topical thing here, Rich, and, and and listeners, before we even embark on this topic, I do want to say that these are just, we're throwing together opinions, comments and stuff, like this isn't the word of law, you know, so don't get too fucking amped up. This is just two guys <laughs> chilling, relaxing, throwing some fucking opinions around like, you know and everyone's you know opinion is welcome now it's the banning of brown sugar rolling stones of retired brown sugar the song reach you know brown sugar um from their set and there's been a lot of protests apparently um about brown sugar and it's it being potentially racist because it's about like a black woman and stuff and Anyway, like, what do you think, Richard? And Mick Jagger said, look, we might bring it back one day, but we're, you know, we've it's apparently their most recorded uh, or pl- played song live. Like, Brown Sugar, is lo- it, when people tally it up, they- they've barely never missed it in a night since 1971. They've n- played it nearly every night. It's that much of a staple of the audience. And uh, Brown Sugar, it's in my top ten Rolling Stone songs, and now I'm hearing it's being banned. I- I'm like, fuck this. What are you, Richard? Where are you
1: on it? Uh, I get it. It's, 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 it, it, it. I love this. Uh, wokeism, as Chuck inverted said? Inverted, is it wokeism? Is that what it inverted is? Inverted comments. No, I just, I, I love this. this. It, what I find so fascinating is, uh, so George Orwell's, um, uh, was it 1984? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I, it, it almost feels like it's a handbook at this point <laughs> and not a piece of fiction. <laughs> yeah, it's like these people are literally taking that as a thing because what they're doing is like everyone now seems to be trying to scrub the past, right? We're yeah. trying to really just eradicate the past, and how that's how you control the future. Mm. You can shape the future to be whatever you want if you can control the past and and you know retroactively change the past to be what it wasn't. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. And I just think this is all just like this whole of tearing down statues and. Eliminating songs and movies and books and all that because they were written a hundred years ago or recorded 50 years ago or 60 years ago or whatever, whatever, I think is absolute fucking bullshit. I that think is it's our garbage. history. Yeah. For good or for bad or for worse or whatever, it is our history, right? It's, it's the world's history. Yeah. And it's not – the people need to understand that remembering your history is not always the same thing as celebrating your history. You got it, Rich. But you don't know how far you've come unless you can see where you were. And wow. if you eliminate that past, if you eliminate, like, that, then you, you make it seem like today's even worse. That's what I feel like wow. it is. Almost running for politics, politics Rich. I, I like what you're saying, man. It's impassioned stuff. I, I'm just pissed no, off the brown sugar's out. Everything's been cancelled, man. Seriously, like, gone with the wind. Uh, yeah. you know, I mean, Mark Twain, I, Mark Twain, they wanted to burn his books too. Yeah, like Huckleberry Finn and the, the, the Home on the, the Prairie and stuff and all that because it was, you know, because when she wrote it, uh, okay, there was some racism. I mean, okay. Yeah. Like, okay, The next thing it, they know, they'll be
0: trying to ban Bonanza, and that's where I'm going to draw the line.
1: Oh, dude, for sure. Like, you just, them. just anything from the past will literally be seen as – They're going to try to take away the Ponderosa,
0: and that's where I draw the line.
1: Mate, there's a lot of lines to be drawn. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. But when they come after the Ponderosa, they're gonna find me in there with a shotgun. And no, and, it's, yeah. it's it's
1: it's just, it's honestly the whole thing I find absolutely disgusting. Um, I'll tell you something. Also, there's nothing amusing. wrong with with appreciating the past, even if it is mired in controversy. Um, uh, not even controversy, but it, this is the, the the age of the time. Well, the you blood on the reading. hands, the blood on the hands,
0: you know, the birth pangs of a nation, all that kind of stuff. But, like, what I also found amusing is someone who likes the Rolling Stones. Now, I'm no Rolling Stones, like, expert. Like, on Bob Dylan, I'm I'm, I'm very well-versed. Rolling Stones, I just like them. You know, I think they're cool. I think they've got a lot of good songs. Um, but I know that that's not the only song that, which involves black women or, like, sexism. Like, that's quite common theme in Rolling Stones songs. And I want a quote from some girls where he says... Um, uh, white girls, they're pretty funny. Sometimes they drive me mad. Black girls just want to get fucked all night. I just don't have that much jam. <laughs> so it's hilarious. You know, they're going after Brown Sugar. Like, it's the only fucking sexist song the Rolling Stones ever sang. Um, you know, give me a break. Like, it's. I, I actually think, if I can be honest, I actually think, honestly, that it's a bit pathetic the Rolling Stones are retiring the song. And I like the Stones. And Keith Richards said, I don't even know what people are so upset about. And Mick Jagger was also, seemed feeling nonplussed and was just like, you know what, we're going to retire it for a while because we've played it every night since 71. But I'm almost like, you
1: know what? That, again, that, that's just
0: acquiescing to the, the model. Yeah, I, and I don't feel these guys need to. I mean, I really think their reputation at this point, you know, they're they're so big and so successful and they could retire tomorrow their drummer just died and their legacy is totally intact and i don't feel that kowtowing to a radical few who were who were upset about brown fucking sugar i mean jesus christ where were they when uh under my thumb you know he sang about women like under my thumb you know very misogynistic song if you really want to take it seriously but maybe don't take it too seriously would be my you know key um, I don't know man, it's just like where do these people get off with their fucking cancel button? And I would be pissed to go to a Rolling Stones concert and they don't play brown sugar. You know? And I'm like, why am I fucking having to miss out? Because someone on the internet's sad and angry. Hey, here's a clue. Don't go to the show. Don't buy the ticket. You know? Why do we have to why do we have to bend over backwards to satisfy this little segment i'm really quite surprised the stones have actually
1: acquiesced to this i mean well you know what you know it's funny i guarantee you that you will actually find quite a few uh, uh uh rolling stones fans who are black of course you do who probably who probably love that song probably yeah probably I right mean, because are yeah. they're, because they're, they're, the they're a multi-generational band yeah, but here's the thing. That song, whether you, however you want to read the lyrics or it, we can all, we can all pretty much guarantee and agree that song was not written out of malice. No, like a lot of these songs from the Stones are kind of almost like jokes, you know? Yeah, but that's my point. Like it, you know, like you can say that maybe something is written out of ignorance. Sure. But that doesn't make it malice. Yeah. Do you I know what I, mean? what I mean? It's just, as I said, like yes. Look, if there's an actual song. That is literally about how, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the songwriter's views are like, oh, you know, black people are in theory or something like that. Okay, sure. yeah, fine. Fair enough. Yeah. I can agree that maybe, you know, you, you don't play that song on the radio or something like that. Sure. But, I mean, as something as innocuous as this. Yeah. It's, it's you know crazy. I mean? if that, here's the thing. If that is the height of, of what you classify as racism today, fuck me, we're in a good spot. Yeah. Like, if, if that is your example of rampant racism today, then I don't think you know how lucky you've got it. And can I be honest, Rich? Like, I know the Stones fans
0: out there know the song well, but a lot of people just know the tune. Like, brown sugar! You know, like, they just like the tune. That's me. I I, I dig the tune. I think it's a classic. Um, kinda, I played it today as I was driving around. They're not going to take away mine!
1: just like Punisher they're well, not going to take away my hoodie they're not going to play it doesn't mean you don't have it but I I mean, have yeah, got it's it. annoying that that they are bending the knee when they should be saying no nah, mate like our fans love it and our fans love it they've loved the it for love fucking it, 40 years
0: it. 40 years 50 years our fans have supported this song you know what i mean black white uh brown everything in between a lot of a lot of people have enjoyed that song as they've grown up and they've played it at at fucking you know, parties, playing well, with cars. It's,
1: it's, it's the same as, as the, you know, the whole the, the, the Dave Chappelle shit that's going on right now, right? I have seen that. You've that's got all these critics yeah. going, you know, giving him bad reviews, mm. saying, oh, my God, it's so terrible. And he's, he's yeah. this and he's what a horrible. And then you go look at the audience score and it's like 90 something percent. Yeah, exactly. Do you think Dave gives a fuck no. about what those people do? No, he goes, my audience, my fans mm. love the shit. Yeah, I'm getting a this bit tired. This is what they of, come to see. Yeah, so the Rolling yeah. fans should turn around and say, we don't give a fuck what yeah. how you interpret our songs or what you classify our fans yeah. love this song. That's it. We play it for our fans. We don't play it for you. We yeah. play it for our fans.
0: We don't play it for the Twitter mob that wants to get very upset. We play it for the fans that basically have filled our stadiums since the 60s you know, and keep That's on it. coming back Again and again and again, and the Rolling Stones have a great body of work, um, and a lot of fucking great songs. And I almost feel like people are getting taking it way too seriously as well. Like they're 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 kind of going way too deep into something that's like almost a throwaway classic, like rock song. Like it's all about the riff, and you know that that cool fucking you know brown sugar. You know, like it's just a good song. And to try to, like, pick it apart like it's a thesis, I'm, I'm sorry, no. Um, you've missed the point of the Rolling Stones, you know. I
1: think you've just missed the point of life.
0: It's very sad. Uh, GTA 6 started trending on Twitter after Rockstar announced Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition. I'm actually interested in getting it. I'd love to go back and play some of those original GTA, especially GTA 3. Um and uh, Twitter was flooded with memes and gifs lamenting that GTA 6 might never arrive. Rich, <laughs> oh no,
1: please! <laughs> As if there would never be a GTA 6. Come on! I want it though so bad.
0: I'll play GTA 3 though right now. If you if you give me a remastered version, I'm gonna lock myself away in my fucking office for for a couple of days and come out a different guy. I'll play that again. I haven't played that game in years. I love that game. Um. Also, Rich, uh, that 70s show spin-off, that 90s show, has been ordered at Netflix, and Red and his wife are returning. Um, and they're the grandparents to Eric's and whatever the girl's name was, <sighs> baby. Oh, come on, Rich. This is pretty good stuff, man. Why are you so grumpy? Because it's a, cause we'll it's a remake we'll or whatever? Or is we'll it a sequel? No,
1: no, no, no. Just because, again, Dave, we just said, yeah. look at the, look at the world today. Look at the world today. Do you do you honestly think <laughs> that they are going to be '90s accurate? I don't know.
0: '70s were, they were pretty accurate,
1: I thought. Anyway, yes, but that was made before today. <laughs> right, that's made in a different time. You know, yeah, said you, ask chuck. Do you think they would make a book like this today? And he said, No, not on your life. Right. Anything they make today will probably they'll they'll look at it and go, Oh my god, look at all these eggshells. We're going to have to be very careful about what we say and all that. Even no. if it is accurate to the 90s, sure, they'll probably be accused of you know, being racist or sexist or whatever because they've been accurate to the 90s. So I don't know, man. As I said, we'll, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong, but I reckon that show will be walking on eggshells, and I don't think it will actually be that accurate to the 90s. Well, I'll tell you a show that Michelle watches that I've
0: seen a fair bit of, Fresh Off the Boat, very funny show, set of the 90s. Um, and like it is. Have you ever seen that show? It's very good. Actually. Uh, I
1: know of it. I think I've seen like five or ten minutes. It mm. didn't make me laugh, so I didn't bother.
0: Well, I don't know. Um, what I'm saying is that that sends up a lot of 90s, you know, moments and stuff. It's, I, I thought it's a pretty funny show, but this has the same show runners and everything as that 70s show, a show that I actually like quite a lot. That 70s show. Um, so I'll check yeah, it out.
1: But again, you know, again, it's very
0: they did that 80s show and that was a failure, yes, but that wasn't them. That was that was
1: that wasn't them doing it. I,
0: I've researched. I'm just this. saying
1: it's hard to it's hard to capture lightning in a bottle twice. True, Rich.
0: True. Also, the 90s is a lot more recent than the 70s. You know, and that can and that can make it harder. I think as well. You know.
1: Yeah, I I'm mean, possible. Again, look. As I said, when whatever I complain about, believe me, I always hope I'm wrong. Sure. I've still you got know, brown but... sugar in my head. I've still, got,
0: I, I, I'm still pissed off about brown sugar. Brown sugar. Shasimi see me right around midnight. It's one of my favourites. I was really pissed. I was actually playing in the car. Total protest from me, you know? And I was like, I actually thought to myself, this better be on fucking Apple Music. I'll be so pissed off if this isn't available and it won't.
1: No, look, look, uh, to be fair, it's not going away. It's just that they are no longer going to be playing it to their fans, which just fucking is the most bizarre thing I've That's ever That's annoying for
0: guys, the- who, guys and gals who shell out like a few hundred bucks for a Rolling Stones ticket, you know? They're, oh, they're that's, much, that's your favourite song. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah, um, anyway. Uh, now, okay. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings TV show, which we've... It hasn't even come out yet, and we've spent a lot of time on some of the stuff. Now, this one is something that I'm desperate to get your views on. Um, multi-ethnic Hobbit tribe. British comedian Sir Lenny Henry, I wasn't aware he was a knight, discusses playing a half-foot, one of the earliest tribes of Hobbits, in Amazon Prime Videos, Lord of the Rings series. So obviously, Lenny Henry is black, and I think you were saying they would bring the races into the regular show, Rich. And in this case, you've definitely been proven correct. What
1: do you think? Uh, you, call, I'm you called it, and, and completely shocked. No, you called it. Remember, you said they're going to bring. No, I'm being in... facetious when I said that. I'm shocked.
0: Right, you're not shocked. No, far from it. Mm. So where does this leave my samurais? More likely or less likely?
1: Oh no! I mean, don't worry. You will see uh, plenty of Asian people in the movie. They just won't be samurai. Yeah, but our bet is very specific, as they're samurai. Yeah, and I'm happy that I will be winning that bet. Don't you worry? <laughs> um, yeah. Look, uh, to me, it's just—it's just. I don't really care. Um, the thing but, is, yeah. I wouldn't care if they didn't make such a big fucking fuss about the fucking thing. That's, that's actually Just do weird. it. Yeah. If you're going to do it, yeah. just fucking do it. Just yeah. make the thing, have whatever races and people or whatever actors you want in it and just be done with it. But the fact that you've got to hop on and on and look how we, we aren't we improving the whole thing? We're just making it better because yeah. we're so enlightened. I'm so fucking tired of these people talking. No, I agree. I do agree. Like, it's almost like I don't
0: need the press junket telling me how great it is. You know, like, I'd rather just watch the fucking show. Um, Lenny Henry I like, and, and I'm kind of pleased he's in he's in Lord of the Rings, frankly. Um, but I don't know if I need to be kind of lectured. Like, oh, we're so much better. Tolkien didn't know what he was doing, you know, whereas we're coming in now, like...
1: getting yeah, we're so much more enlightened than that Tolkien character. Gosh, what a racist. <laughs>
0: you know as they pay like a billion dollars to the family to get to get this whole show off the ground um yeah i look all i'm all i care about is is there going to be samurais in a later season because i've already said it won't be first season rich i've already said that won't be first season my friend
1: and i've told you you will get plenty of asians just not samurai
0: what about an asian knight does that count nope it's got to be a samurai remember
1: you said it yourself. This is a very specific band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, there were rumours that John Berthenol was going to be playing Wolverine. His response, Frank Castle. Yeah, gross. Frank Frank Castle is in my bones. That was his response.
1: Bang. You should probably see a doctor
0: about that. Uh, Frank Castle's in my bones too. Do you think I have a chance of playing Frank Castle? I'd play Frank Castle in a heartbeat. I, you know, I'm available Hollywood. What have you got to do? Punch a line? Get mad? Get grumpy? Sure. Easy. Well, you may have to do your own stunts, Dave. That might be a bit of a problem. Could be a huge problem with my current back <laughs> Um I, I actually strain my maybe back. You can
1: play, maybe you can play Old Man Punisher or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: I mean, I strained my back slightly in tennis today, and let me tell you, I'm not doing any stunts. Um, getting <laughs> out of a chair is, a, is enough of an ask at the moment. Um, yes, now... How about this from Tom Holland? Spider-Man No Way Home is being treated as the end of a franchise. It's the finale of the Homecoming trilogy. The Homecoming trilogy is finale. So, Rich, I mean, it just feels odd that we're wrapping it again. What do you think? Do you think this brings in more likely the multi-Spider-Man universe? Uh,
1: No, I think he's just been tricky with his words. This is the end of a trilogy not the end of his Spider-Man. Right. Okay. Because remember, this whole trilogy has all had like home in the title. Yeah. Homecoming, far from home, no way home. Homecoming, far from home, no way home. So I think what he's just trying to say, and again, they're probably trying to be sneaky about it to try and make people think. Sure. You know, oh my God, it's the last one. I've got to go watch it. Oh my God. Like just, (laughs) um, he's, what it is. It's probably, it's the end of the home trilogy. Yeah. And what you'll probably find is the next trilogy will probably be him out of school. Sure. Then you'll, you know, the next trilogy will be him as a, maybe like a, a, a you know, a finish school, maybe in college, working for the paper. Yeah. Um, that sort of shit. Although, again, they have kind of fucked the whole, but I'm sure they'll put his identity back in the box by the end of the movie, I'm sure. So, Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think he's meaning that it's the end of the home trilogy. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, I just hope he's still continuing on the Spider-Man because I think he's been pretty good,
0: um, frankly.
1: Eh, I can take it or leave it.
0: Tom Holland also says, Alfred Molina had to relearn how to be Doc Ock due to the arms no longer being practical puppets like they were in the Raimi films. So now it's what stu- CGI. What a
1: stupid comment, seriously. He had to relearn how to do it, Rich. Come on. No, he didn't. He didn't have to relearn because it's a completely different fucking process. <laughs> you can't relearn a process you haven't learned. I'm just
0: disappointed to find out he didn't have these cybernetic arms, like protruding out of him, controlling them all with his mind.
1: That's what I should I think, I think what, what, what dumbass to, uh, Tom Holland meant to say was he has to, he has to um, adapt to to a new way of playing Doc og yeah. because he doesn't have the mechanical... But to say I have to relearn how to... Be, no, you, you learn the English language, Tom. Seriously. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, now, you've got some news on Peacemaker, Rich. What's happening?
1: I just saw a really terrible, like, 20-second clip for it. Okay. Any good? No. Well, I just used the word terrible in it. <laughs> what, 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 what was but terrible? It's so, oh, my God. It's so leaning into that terrible fucking Suicide Squad shit, um... James Gunn comedy uh, it's just all like, over it. It, the, the, the trailer I saw, it's him rocking up to meet with his handlers or whatever at some fucking uh, like steakhouse or mm. uh, diner or whatever, and he rolls up in a, like, um, I, I, okay, I don't know uh, uh, muscle cars and all that in, in America and all that, right? But he rocks up in this, like, car covered in the American flag, right. and then walks into the thing fully kitted out as Peacemaker... And like walks up to him and goes, "Scoot over, scoot over," mm. and then they sit down. And I just thought, "Oh God!" I was really hoping you weren't going to lean this heavily into the retardedness of uh, James Gunn, but, that's, but it looks like it's no. going to be a completely goofy, wacky yeah. show. I'm not surprised at all. I, I'm I'm not happy about that.
0: No, but are you surprised? I'm not surprised at all.
1: Uh, sadly, yeah, I'm not probably as surprised as I probably should be.
0: Yeah. No, it's um yeah yeah and unfortunately we just it's like oh i drew so much inspiration from the suicide squad comics by ostrander really did you okay mm. i don't see it i, I believe
1: you so much
0: I, I mean you took the fucking some of the characters that's it their names that was about it
1: anyway yeah. uh, as i said i was really hoping i was like oh just like you know you could say oh you know we're basing on their character but we're going to make it a little bit more serious or you know it's not going to be as but no fucking first 22 seconds you show it's as goofy as hell
0: dude it's gonna be incredibly goofy and frankly i just don't care
1: like i i just
0: what is wrong yeah but again like
1: again it sucks for me because i am a peacemaker fan from like way back in the day and i would really love to see a much more serious again doesn't have to be super serious but a bit more serious take on a character like that
0: i'd love to see a serious take give me like the punisher style version like which is not comedy at all you know what i mean give me a a crime dark version of that character. I think it would be awesome. Um, but instead it's yeah. gonna be James Gunn goofing around, plenty of hijinks. And I, I imagine that actually gonna get real tight over a few episodes as well. Like I agree. Yeah. Now uh John Kent came out as bisexual this week, Rich. Hmm uh, with big news, um, people, my osseo brought it up. People were actually, I had two people who don't read comics at all bring it up to me this week. Did you hear about Superman?
1: Um, well, that's because pretty much every single news outlet was reporting it as Superman is bisexual. Sure, So you Which was on yeah. purpose. DC did that on purpose. Totally, totally, totally. Because would have def- that's definitely making the news if you just reported it as Superman. Yeah. Well, technically,
0: he is Superman in one of the titles, isn't he? I mean, I don't know, but I assume so.
1: Does he call himself Superman? Yeah, but again, the news doesn't report it as Superman's son. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or the new Superman. Yeah.
0: And they report Ella, Ella saying Superman. So Tim Drake
1: came out as bisexual recently, didn't he? last month which is why i have a fantastic it's not my joke i'm stealing it but it says uh, that the joke goes dc started a new bi-monthly event <laughs> i love it rich where every month they will announce a buy <laughs> character. jesus well
0: they've hit the ground running with tim drake now superman's son i mean am i the only one thinking it's gonna be not too long before they hook up um, that feels like
1: it's going to be... Oh, fuck, who knows, who knows. I, and, you know, next month, maybe Damien will come out as bi. Jesus.
0: Well, I mean... Like, can, I, can I
1: just say know- something? I'm actually not I annoyed get- that... Um, it doesn't bother me that he's that he's bi, because, again, this is a completely new character. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, I lost absolute all interest in this character after uh, Bendis. Sure. So I honestly don't give a fuck what they do with this character. At the end of the day, I have zero interest in him. Right. Uh, even yeah. before this, but I think what really annoys me about this is that the dude he's making out with is a pink-haired, hipster, thick glass wearing looking snowflake. Sure. Well, I mean that I was kind of like, oh wow, really? That uh-huh. fair enough. Well, I mean, he's allowed to have his preferences, Rich. You know. That's uh, definitely not my preference. <laughs> <laughs> if well, you it's... got if you got pink hair and hipster glasses and yeah, but it's orange jacket. I'm just like ugh gross.
0: Yeah, but it's that alternate kind of loss I mean, I don't actually mind it. Like, I mean, to me, this character is just so bland, so generic, so
1: boring. And, well, again, this is, know, is... Oh, you know what? Someone made a good... Uh, they, they made a good point. Back in the day, when you didn't know what to do with a character, you just killed them off. Yes. Now you... Now know. the new thing, when you don't know what to do with a character, mm. you just make them LGBTQ. Yeah. Well, it's a trend. Or, 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 or race change them. But... Like that's it. The new thing of I don't know what to do with this character. Just yeah. flip him. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. I, look, at least in this case. Yeah. Again,
1: this one. Again, as I said to you, this one doesn't bother me in the least because it's a, it's a, it's a basically a brand new character. Yeah, it's a blank slate. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I, I, I just think it's so typical these days that that's your go-to mm. thing for making a character interesting. It just shows to me. It shows a fucking lack of talent. That the only no no seriously like the only way that you think that you can make a character, you know what? Actually, can I just say something? If yeah. he um, he was. I can't remember where it was. I saw a clip of him. He was being interviewed by someone, and he actually made a fucking outstanding comment that I. You, you know how like you you know something but you mm-hmm. don't realize you know it until someone says it mm-hmm. and then it like, clicks in your brain. He literally said, "What writers today? What a lot of people working in comics for, have forgotten or don't realize is." We don't connect with characters from the outside. We connect with characters from the inside. Sure. And I thought to myself, shit, that is fucking really poignant. Well done, EVS. Because that is so true. One of the reasons why I grew up that my favorite hero was Hal Jordan Green Lantern is because he was everything I wasn't. Right. Do you know what I mean? He was confident. He had willpower. You know, he was a ladies' man. In fact, it's one of the reasons why, as a young kid, I did my best to become more confident. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Because I wanted to be like my hero. Sure. I didn't, I wasn't sitting there saying my hero needs to be like me with all my hangups and all the way I view life. Sure. I look to someone for inspiration. I look to someone to sort of, uh, in a sense, guide me or, or make me want to yeah, improve yeah. my life. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, and I mean, that yeah. I think
1: is what they've forgotten is that they're so busy trying to connect with, People going, look, they look just like you, or you know what I mean. They, they, sure. you can see yourself on the page, and it's not about seeing yourself on the page. It's about striving for something else. It's about looking to someone, whether it be fictional or not, but looking to someone that you can aspire to be sure. or be I mean, like. It goes both ways. It
0: goes both ways. Like, I mean, obviously, Marvel made it, you know, in the sixties um, with Spider Man um, was a lot more about the Everyman character
1: whereas No no, no, no but you know that, no but you know what appetites. that is only half true because at the end of the day Spider-Man is still inspiring because he's sure. that character that no matter how much is put upon him mm. no matter how shit his life is he always rises to the occasion 9 times out of 10 mm. except for those stories where they're like I'm done being Spider-Man mm. you know <laughs> which it's just the, I don't know what to do with the characters, so I need to give him ex- existential crisis um but you know what I mean? That character you connected with him not just because he was like an everyman and look, his problem's just my life But you connected with him because you were like, damn, this fucking guy doesn't give up. Yeah. This yeah, guy has look, the whole world it's against a very him. Interesting, and, hear, and he puts yeah. his feet down and he and he and he and he grinds through it. And that can be inspirational as well. Yes, I will
0: say I will say and and uh, look I Definitely agree with what you're saying in terms of like you, your your example of Green Lantern, Hell Jordan could be an example. Superman, Batman, all of these characters have that you know in them. Um, I will say though, there's the other creative angle where it is and it's not slice not slice of life so much, but snapshots of life, you know, filtered through your lens, and people can relate to it. That is another aspect of creativity. Um, you know, like, say, for example, we did, um, a comic book, Rich, and it was kind of like, you know, our regular lives, we might have a little bit of fantasy in it, but a lot of it was sort of our experiences growing up, our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and people getting into it would, like how Kevin Smith early on did, you know, he, 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 he almost brought the readers into like versions of his life. And people related to it, and and they loved it at the time. Uh, if you remember originally, um, so that is definitely a creative vehicle. Like people, it's not unknown to turn the camera almost upon yourself and your surroundings and create a story within that. Like it's not all, it's not all larger than life stuff. Like it's not all Superman moving planets. Um, yeah, but again, but
1: yeah, yeah, I I get what you're saying, but at the same flip of the coin is that uh while you you get again like with the kevin smith example where Mm. he gives you like the slice of that life Mm. there's still something about those characters that are still aspirational like their friendship sure i mean you know what i mean like but i'm just saying like i just think something in a character more than just Yeah, but he's going for comedy like the outside basically like do they look like you do they have the same sexual preference? Yes. Okay. I'm not saying that's not important, but it's not the be all and the end all, which is what all oh, these current writers it's, think. Yeah, it is. It's definitely not the be all and end all. Like, um, yeah, i mean, hundred percent not, but like take a character. Like, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What have they done with, uh, Iceman since they made him gay? I don't know. I've hardly read any X-Men. Literally nothing. He has nothing. Yes. He had a short book, but literally that book was just about him being gay. Right. And, and where and, is it now? And
0: that's an attempt to appeal to the gay market. Like that's an, a, and I'm not saying it was successful, but it was, it was an attempt.
1: Yeah, but yeah, but but here's yeah. the thing, Dave. If you, I, I, okay, I'm not gay, but I can, I think I can say this with, uh, quite uh, with confidence. Mm. If you're a gay person reading comics, sure, you're not reading it for any gay stories. You're still reading it for the. Sure. The the hero, the the yeah, but, the, the but trials, some, tribulations,
0: like it would the, the great character. It would be nice to have some same sex relationships in those in those group books.
1: That, no, 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 Again, no, no. What I'm saying is that when they made him gay, mm-hmm. the book became all about him being gay. Yeah, it's, it's like
0: the, the last season of Ellen. They
1: forgot that. Yes, okay, great. You gave them a gay character. But you still have to tell good stories. No, I hear you. I, no,
0: I, I, I do hear you, man. It's, it's one of the challenges of writing, and it's like the last season of Ellen in the nineties. She, she came out publicly, and then the whole last season, every single episode was yes. hitting you over the head with that. To the point where Elton John said that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, and well, again, you know, Dave. How, okay, in the last, like, I don't know what we can brand it up to ten years if you want to. Right? There's been a lot of race and sexual orientation changes to characters
2: mm-hmm.
1: how many of them have become super uh, popular and like have, have like revolutionized the characters and elevated them to a point that they've never been i can like, think like, of one none of them i can think of
0: one uh, popular i don't know but definitely they've stuck to it renee montoya
1: Uh, No, not whether they stuck to it, whether the change or anything has elevated the character. Well, I, I, I I, I,
0: I think Renee Montoya was already an excellent character. And then I think she was a great character. And then I think what, I mean, this might be controversial. I think what Rucker did with her in Gotham Central made that character even more interesting. And not just because she was gay, that wasn't the thing, but he went deeper into her life. And I, I personally, who always like Rene Montoya, remember I said to Chuck, I love your Rene Montoya, Harvey Bullock banter. I always liked it. Mm. And when, when Rucker brought that extra thread in, I personally thought that was one of the strongest things in Gotham Central. That's just my take. Yeah, but. Um, you know, no,
1: no, but that's a very good example because he added a thread. He didn't make it the sole thread. No, he, yeah, he, he did.
0: But... So you've
1: yeah, that, that's my point. You can add that thread. But there are other threads that you have to maintain, and if you're just going to make the character just that one thread, sure, it's not going to go anywhere. It's literally just going to go fall back. Yeah. Into well, and that's when bad writers come
0: on too, and you know they don't know anything about the character other than that. Um,
1: it's yeah. so you, I know, say, you can do what you want. As I said, like I'm, 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 I'm okay with this, but you damn well better tell some fucking interesting stories with this character, otherwise, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: I, yeah, I, I. That's the challenge that I would expect a, a decent writer to be able to do. Like, if, if you said to me tomorrow, Dave, you're going to have to write Superman, son of Kalel, whatever the fucking his title's called. Uh, firstly, it's not my instant, like, go to character, but you know what? Uh, I want to get a foot in the door at DC. Sure, I'll do it. I would tell interesting stories, or at least try to, interesting stories involving Superman, son of Kalel. What's his name? John Kent. And I would have references to his. You know gay relationships etc but they wouldn't be the only thing by no means it would be the romantic subplots in the background um oh, uh, you uh,
1: know? but you know what can i just say this is very cynical i know but i, I do believe it's true mm. this is actually a genius move by dc mm. to to make the characters buy because it means that you can always go back sure. to like if it's not working you can always have them go back to dating women because they didn't come out as gay, they
0: came out as bi. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, bisexual is a, you know, it's a, it's a real thing. So, yeah, I mean, they could. Uh, look, I don't know what they'll do with it, man. Like, maybe not much as well. That's the other thing. Like, that you might find that this, you know, this could very well be a cul-de-sac kind of...
1: Well, I, can I be honest with you? Sometimes I just think they say bi because they really want to make the character gay, but they have a history of dating women. Sure. Like, have you, are you familiar with that show, Brooklyn uh, What's it, Brooklyn 99 or something? I know the show. I don't watch it, but I know it. Yeah. So there's a character in that who I think in season three or something like that, they made yeah. her bisexual, right? Right. And, and for the first three seasons, she was dating men. Since she came out as bisexual, she has never, ever dated another man. Right. So essentially, she's, she's lesbian. She's gay. Yeah. It's, it's just, just that they couldn't say that because because she had been dating sort of men, or they kind of maybe wanted to leave
0: well, you can, one
1: foot in the doorway.
0: There, there are women, definitely, who've dated men who are who become lesbian, like, you know, who forsake men, uh, you know, like they realise that that's not where their interests lie. Hey, and the same for gay but no, no, what I'm
1: saying is that I think it's funny that if you say you come out as bisexual mm-hmm. and you've had a slew of new partners, <laughs> but every single one of them has been a woman, I just find that weird, because then I'm like, well... Oh, Are you telling me you found indeed. no interesting men in the, in the, in the years after that? I, well, I don't know. I,
0: I, I don't know. But, I mean, I, I I would expect there would be people, you know, from the bisexual community who could attest to the fact that um, I think a lot of times they're kind of pillarized as being very, um, how do you say, like, I don't know what the word is, but, like, basically that, it's often used as a slur, meaning they think that they people just think they have sex all the time and stuff. And it's no, it's not the case. They just happen to be attracted to both, um, you know, sexes or genders or whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, look, for me, it, it's I find the character of John Kent incredibly dull, and this just seems. to Oh be, yeah, 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 yeah. And this just seems. Well, as to I said, be, to you,
1: the, the, the biggest mistake they made was allowing vendors uh, to do what they want to do what he did.
0: Aging him up and all that kind of shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, again, you've you've aged him up, but Ben is a boring person by himself. Yeah. So he made John absolutely boring. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, it, as I said, if you haven't, the Tomasi stuff with him and Robin is just really fantastic because he is like a kid. Yeah. He's like irreverent. You know, he's he, he's he thinks he's tougher than he really is. You know what I mean? Gets himself into these situations as what a kid would do who thinks that they can handle everything. So much more interesting. And and Bendis just completely took all that away and just left us with this absolute bland mash of nothing.
0: You know, yeah, Bendis' run on Superman, to me, will always go down as a very disappointing and boring run. Um, Now, moving away from um, bisexual John Kent... We have director James Gunn has confirmed Will Poulter's casting as Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy. He says, yeah, that? well, I can tell you he's mostly known, by me at least, he's in a movie with Jennifer Aniston and um, that really attractive Emma Roberts and um, someone else, oh, I think Jason Sadakis, um, from a few years ago. I forget what it's called, but I know him from that, and that's where all the memes. Oh my god!
1: You oh oh oh, oh.
0: You know the you know the kid, very geeky looking kid.
1: A few. Well, he, he's a meme.
0: Yes. Well, he has aged up a bit since then, but he is Adam Warlock. Very odd decision from for me. You know. Um, yeah. Well, I'll have to look
1: him up and see. You see. Um, he uh, has done a
0: like he has done a bit more work in kind of more reputable movies since then. Look, he was quite amusing in that film, but he was just kind of like the gormless freak, you know, um, in that yeah. movie. Uh, anyway, he's Adam Warlock, a character I couldn't care less about. Like, honestly, like, oh,
1: don't worry, those won't be the Adam Warlock that you know from the comics, anyway. Oh, so, good. I don't, yeah. I don't care about the Adam Warlock. I'm sure you will be some goofy, smart mouth. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, they could make him dour, I suppose, like uh, Ronan they did in the first movie. Yeah, by by which you mean boring. But I doubt it, though. Like, to me, Guardians 3 will be, like, the most zany, wackiest fucking... Yeah. You'll probably have, like, split personality and, uh, like, just be off the charts and shit. Yeah.
0: Uh, No, thank you. Uh, Now, uh, Samuel L. Jackson has confirmed that filming has begun on the upcoming Disney Plus miniseries Secret Invasion, Rich. Yes, I put
1: this in the news because I thought this was, you know... Uh, up your alley, I'm sure you're excited for
0: it. I am excited for it, actually. And um, I'm kind of disappointed that they've made Skrulls good guys. That's my only problem. Have they? Yeah, in the fucking movies, the Skrulls are like good guys and refugees and yada, yada, yada. Do do? Captain Marvel. Oh. oh okay. Captain Marvel did it massively. and doesn't they... mean they
1: can't turn to bad guys.
0: I want them to, bad guys. Well, um,
1: they have to be. That's the only way the secret yeah. invasion works.
0: I know. It's not just them turning up at your birthday party and, like... Maybe, oh, they,
1: they, maybe they were the good guys who kept the model, but, you know, now maybe they're on this planet and they decide they want to take it over. I hope so. Uh,
0: Macaulay Calkin took a moment on Twitter to say that he will not be appearing in the Disney new Home Alone reboot, but he wishes everyone well, the best of luck. Smart man,
2: smart
1: man.
0: I would have taken the money and turned up, frankly. If Disney were offering me, say, five, six mil, I would yeah, have Yeah, but you know
1: what, uh, you know, Dave, you know, some people just have higher standards
0: I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Like, fuck it, why not? You know? Like fill the fill, fill the account right up, Disney, and I'll come back and do some shitty little scene and then I'll walk out of there. Easy. You know, it's not like he's got this legacy of greatness. You know
1: No, like, but again he's another child actor and you know what for him, maybe at this stage of his life maybe Home Alone isn't as fond of a memory as it is for the people who watched him.
0: Yeah, I would have just taken the paycheck. Simple. You know? They might not have actually been offering that
1: much, Dave. Like definitely.
0: <laughs> what do you reckon they offered him? I reckon they offered him three mil. I
1: reckon they offered him nothing. I reckon nothing. They just you want to you want to just have a cameo in it. Of oh, oh, no Maybe they would have to pay him like maybe like minimum thousand dollars for like. Oh, there's no way they'd offer him a thousand dollars to come back and do Home Alone. Hey, some people have done cameos for absolutely nothing, mate.
0: Wow, oh, ridiculous. Now something, Rich, that I want to get your take on Joker. Is apparently fighting climate change in a new DC comic book. What do you think, Rich?
1: Uh, sounds retarded.
0: I said this to Chuck, and Chuck said, well, he is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I said he should have teamed up with Ra's
1: al Well, if anything, he's probably actually contributed towards climate change with all of his fucking gas. <laughs> Good point, Richard. Look, like, I'm typing
0: this in because I read this on 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 um, Facebook. Sometimes the, the news sources I use can be pretty loose. I'll be honest. When I, when I when I write stuff down for the news, I don't actually get a lot of fact-checking sometimes. Yeah, see, I've typed this in. Nothing coming up. It's all this shit about Joaquin Phoenix getting arrested for some climate change protest. So... Uh, okay. Climate change, <laughs> DC. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, there's nothing... You know more. what?
1: Maybe someone reported it as the Joker is fighting climate change but they were referring to Joaquin Pins.
0: Maybe. But this was like back in 19, 2019 and 2020. If anyone has any kind of like more information on this story, uh, please come come and, you know,
1: if, if he was, let's say he was, I am hoping it would be a scam and he'd be telling that he has some new gas yeah. that will fix the climate and then it's actually Joker gas.
0: Yeah, like why would Joker care? Uh, he loves chaos, you know. Like, but also, oh, I should, yeah. but I, but I said, you know, who would care about climate change? Rasa Gul, Rasa Gul. Well,
1: is... He, a, no, he does. Not that he would. He does.
0: Okay, but they could do it in a story.
1: Is what I'm saying, Rich. Well, that, well I mean, they pretty much have. <laughs> well, again, like any, any time he tries to wipe out the fucking planet, it's to <laughs> reverse climate change or. <laughs> well, I want human... more stories.
0: I want more stories, Rasa Gul, about that. Hey.
1: Mate, we had fantastic stories like that back in the day, but again, the current writers mm. are not very good or talented. <laughs> or talented, I like, like literally when they have a character that that literally falls in line, mm. but oh no, he's a villain. So you know, no, we don't want to be seen as villains. <laughs>
0: well, apparently Joaquin Phoenix, uh, when he when he took his accepted speech for best actor in a motion picture. We spent most of it discussing ways Hollywood can help contribute to the fight against climate change. Jesus, what? Not very much, is that? Do you remember that really funny scene with Sean Penn? I think it was Hurricane Katrina. I I I want to say Hurricane Katrina. I could be wrong. There It could have been another hurricane. But anyway, Sean Penn and his entourage got out in this boat and were supposed to be doing something, and the boat started to sink because it had too many people in it, and he had to be rescued. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> and this footage of it it's so fucking funny man like it, you know he brings in his entourage all these idiots and they're supposed to be doing something to help people and they wind up sinking the boat because there's too many of these morons in this little dinghy and oddly it's... enough can i be honest with you? sean's
1: sean penn honestly has never struck me as the smartest guy oh, yeah, yeah. like he's a guy that that would like people to think that he's super smart but honestly i don't think he is
0: uh, yeah, I don't know much about him. I mean, he's a good actor, but, oh, my God, he's been involved in some absolute travesties. And speaking of Sean Penn, um, he, people I remember back from the 80s, he was briefly married to Madonna. Uh, Madonna told Jimmy Fallon that she almost played Catwoman in Batman Returns, a role, she re- a role she regrets passing on because it was so fierce. She also regrets passing on a role uh, in uh, The Matrix, possibly uh, as Trinity. Uh,
2: Thank God no, she no, was- no,
1: no, 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 no. I, you know what? I read this, and I think you're wrong. I don't think it would have been Trinity.
2: Mm. You
1: remember there's a, there's an actual... In the first Matrix movie, there's that short-haired blonde woman that dies. Uh, she's, like, one of the first to die when, the, when the, um, the guy yanks out their things, and he's killing his team. Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, and she's in, like, the white suit. Yeah. And, and she's got the short white hair. I reckon that was probably supposed to be, like, Madonna's little cameo or, or quick scene. Well, thank God she didn't play Trinity because the woman who played Trinity was excellent. No, no, there's no way Madonna would have been playing Trinity. She would have been, even at that stage, probably a bit too old.
0: What, what's the name of the woman who played Trinity? She's a very good actress, I think. She was oh. in Jessica Jones. She was in Jessica Jones, I know that. I don't know, we can find out later on.
1: But Is it something like Kate Moss or something? carrie Ann Moss, carrie Ann Moss. Carrie-Anne, Carrie-Anne Moss. Moss, that's it. well. well you had Moss in
0: it. Well done, Rich. You pulled that one out. That was very well done. Um, Yeah, I think Madonna would have been horrible um, in either of those roles. Like, Catwoman's too demanding for Madonna. You know, a- as an actress. You know, maybe for a music video back in the look, 90s, I, you know.
1: Look, to be fair, there are actually certain roles where I think she's fine. Like, she was actually pretty decent in the Dick Tracy movie. But she again, was. But again, that's a bit more campy. She was okay a in League of, of, the of Their fun. Own.
0: League of Their Own, or League of Our Own. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, so, like I think... Yeah, smaller roles are fine for her. But, uh, yeah, I think Catwoman would have been too too much. Yeah. I think they would have asked too much of her.
0: Now you've got um, some news about The Rock, Rich. What's going on?
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. So I read this thing uh, just the other day uh, when I was on break, and The Rock claims so many Fast and Furious crew members thanked him for making his feud with Vin Diesel public. Really? They were like, oh, God, thank you so much for putting him in his place. You know, thank you, for, thank you for this guy who's made like 14 movies and helps me keep a roof over my head and yeah. feed my children and, and have a job. Thank you so much for putting him in his place, you big, strong rock, you. <laughs> like, seriously, this feud between the two of them has really got to the point where it's pathetic, honestly. It is ridiculous. You know what I mean? It is seriously pathetic, this dick-swinging contest the two of them seem to have. And no one really cares. I
0: couldn't care less. Honestly, I... You know what I mean? But I just think it's so
1: funny that it keeps popping up every, you know, every couple of months, one of them is, you know, is, is like, um, stoking. Do you stoking, think stoking it could be, time. do you think it could be a publicity thing? I don't think so, because apparently The Rock has, other than the Hobbs and Shaw, mm. he has said he's not doing any more Fast and Furious movies, and uh, he said, I wish them luck on all the Fast and Furious movies they'll be making without me.
0: Right. So he's just like, no thanks.
1: No, I think he does... Him and Vin Diesel do seem to have a problem. I just wish they would just, like, um, uh, leave it alone. Who cares? Like, I, I'm sort of like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. Well, I, yeah, every time this pops up, I just think to myself, how childish. Yep. Now, how about
0: this? Daredevil's former showrunner, Stephen DeKnight, has decided to cut ties with Marvel over their editor-in-chief's past controversy. He's referring to um, CB and Akira Yoshida, a story that the has been on for years. What, what, why the delayed reaction? This news broke like... It well, feels I, like three, I actually isn't?
1: have a more important question, Dave. Mm. How can you cut ties with a company you're not working for? That's a good point. I don't know. I mean... You know, it's very weird that you cut ties when you haven't worked for them in years.
0: It, it's also so delayed. Like, it's it's very delayed. Well, yeah,
1: apparently he just found out about it, maybe. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> actually funny. He's like, oh my God, I've just found out about it. And you know what? I'm going to cut ties with this company that I haven't worked for for the last few years. I'm so mad. He's like,
0: I'm so mad about this. Everyone's like, this happened years ago. Like, it happened years ago, and it it was exposed years ago. And
1: I'm sorry, I know you and I have had this discussion. It's not even a big deal to me. No, I know. You don't care. I don't really care either. The only thing I care about... Many authors have written under a pseudonym. They have. This is no different. I will
0: say this. The only thing I care about is, hopefully getting rid of my copy of Wolverine Salt Taker at inflated prices. Still available, kids. 200 bucks US, you can have Wolverine Salt Taker. Come on. Come on, kids. Good luck with it. 200 US. It's getting more heat on it with Stephen tonight coming out with these very big claims, making oh, it a yeah, book yeah, of the yeah, moment. That's going to really up the heat, though. Yeah. <laughs> now, we've gotten some news on the Beatles. And Paul McCartney says it was John who wanted a divorce. He set the record straight. He basically claims that John walked in and said he wanted to leave the group. Paul McCartney has always claimed this because Paul McCartney was the one who made it public, which is why a lot of people think he broke them up. But apparently, John Lennon was going in a very different direction with Yoko Ono at the time, wanted to do the sit-ins for peace, etc., and was kind of the driver. Whereas McCartney was... By all reports... A control freak but was trying to keep the band together um over the last couple of years of the beatles i tend to believe paul mccartney here because uh yeah, yeah but dave obviously,
1: is this news to anyone well
0: it's news well, no
1: no i mean this is where the whole the whole term yoko a band comes from sure is that yoko came on the scene mm. john john and this is the story that i've known for years and years john basically said i'm out I'm going to go pursue my own career with my lovely wife. Sure. And that was it. And the others – and, again, this – I think my dad – Like I, I think I know this from my dad, like, from fucking years and years ago because he's a massive Beatles fan. Mm. Even he was telling me how, yeah, John – you know, John and Yoko – you know, Yoko came on the scene. John decided this isn't for him anymore. Sure. He was like – he came in like, that's it, we're done. And then they did, you know, the, the rooftop. um Or just be before that, they did the rooftop. And that was after that, they decided to, like – Go their separate ways, and uh, Paul McCartney wanted to keep it, but like to me, this is old news. I don't even know why this is even well, I, I guess, I didn't even know that was in question. Well, I think,
0: I, I think what happened was, are you there? Yeah, oh, cool. I think what happened was uh, at the time, Paul McCartney was the one who broke the news, he was the one who announced they were broken up. So, a lot of people over the years have blamed Paul McCartney for breaking up the Beatles. You're right. A lot of people have always said Yoko did. But Yoko came on the scene in 66. They didn't break up until 1970. So for a long
1: time... No, no, but, but my point is, like, it's just so weird to me because that's where the term to Yoko a band came from.
2: Yeah. Well, I you mean, know. Yoko... I mean, obviously, was... it's not going to happen overnight.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, she's not going to come on the scene and immediately is going to quit. Of course, it's going to take, like, time, mm. you know. But, yeah, I mean, but also you get into the 70s and, you know... Uh, Let's be honest. Paul and, and, and Lennon have always had different ideas yep. when it comes to direction of the band. So I mean, it's as I said. I mean, I don't know. It's, none of this is surprising to me, like in the least. Or no, it but it's really cool. Changes my view of anything.
0: It's cool though. I, I I love to dig into the details. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like the the Beatles' legacy is the Beatles' legacy. It doesn't. It didn't you know, Actually, can I be honest? It's
1: probably the best thing for them that they did it. Well, yeah. I
0: mean, why well, so they could pursue their own solo
1: paths. Well, that's the thing. I mean, look—you've look, you've got a—you've got a, a bear, right, which has literally like all talented guys. Yes. Right. Uh, I mean, God. I mean, um, Paris uh, went on to have a fantastic. I think probably one of the best solo careers. Who? Huh? Uh, 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 Harris. Oh, Harrison George Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Like he—he—he he, he probably had one of the 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 most success.
2: Yeah. Well, like yeah, no, no, but I'm saying like Lord, he had phenomenal success you, as a solo artist. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: yeah. Paul McCartney went on to have success. John Lennon probably would have had even more success yeah. had he not been murdered. Yeah. But I think when you've got that many talented people together, it's only so long before oh. they can't work together. Yeah. Because again, as you grow, as you evolve, as your tastes, as your stuff change. Mm that's going to cause friction. So it's probably a good thing because, you know what, I reckon the longer they maybe stayed together, mm. probably the worse the music would have got.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I, mean, they're a perfect example of they left the public wanting more, you know, yeah, like yeah. people weren't burned out of the Beatles. I mean, yeah, definitely agree. I mean, there's two guys there that were driving the band, like Harrison, George Harrison, fantastic musician, but he wasn't a driver of the Beatles. It was John Lennon and Paul McCartney. And probably at a certain point, both of them got too big for each other in the same room, you know, to record and only so many songs per album. Uh, the question of touring. John Lennon hated touring. George Harrison hated touring. Paul McCartney's showing he's quite happy to tour. You know, he's toured mm. a lot since, since. No, but that's what 70's. I mean. Yeah, you've
1: got four totally different guys. Yeah. Yeah, um, as I said, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I literally thought this was the actual story, like <laughs> for most of. Well, I time, think Bob
0: so. McCartney likes to set the record straight over and then because people's versions of the story get a bit different.
1: Well, I, I didn't even know people were questioning that. So yeah, that's that's more news to me than. What he What's said. the difference
0: in the Stones though? The Stones never broke up. They just continued. They became like a business. Yeah, but
1: I think to be fair, the um, you see, there's a different type like with the Stones. I think um, it's when you've only got like one or two guys. Mm. That are the driving force, and if those guys are more on the same wavelength, yeah, or yeah. or just complement each other well, then that can go a long, long, long way. But I guarantee you, if every single one of the the, the Rolling Stones
2: mm-hmm.
1: wanted to have a say or or had music in them that they wanted to write, I yeah. guarantee you it would have been a problem down the line. For
0: sure, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you there. Whereas it feels like Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, although they've had their feuds. Uh, they sort of know where their bread's buttered, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they know that they can crank it out. They can do the occasional solo thing over the years they have, but the real business is in the stones, you know? And yeah, um, and yeah they just know they work so well together. Whereas Bacani and Lennon both knew they could go solo and have good careers. Both of them knew they had the talent, you know?
1: Mm. Like, and probably uh, Harrison knew that as well. Yeah. And he was just George, like, yeah, whatever.
0: George Harrison had a triple album in him, All Things Must Pass. Beautiful mm. album, My Sweet Lord. Waiting on you all. Um, Yeah, no, I
1: I love uh, George Harrison's music. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's great. I'm glad to hear that, Rich. I'm a big George Harrison fan myself. Um, Now, this is interesting, Rich. Maybe you want to take this story. FIFA reportedly wants to charge EA $1 billion for using the name every four years. Have you heard of this?
2: No.
0: (laughs) So this is the FIFA um, game. EA are, are are talking about actually changing the name from FIFA. And FIFA's an institution. Like, I mean, how many hundreds of hours have we played FIFA each? And now the EA are looking to change the name because FIFA, the organization, want to charge $1 billion every four years for the monetization.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I can't blame them. I mean, EA has made a colossal fortune. In fact, most of EA's money Mm. comes from FIFA. Yeah, because it's a joke. And especially especially since they've introduced the monetization, yeah. the packs, the cards. Yeah. Um, they are like it's their biggest revenue stream is the the, the FIFA. Like it's their most profitable uh, franchise that they have. And of course, the name FIFA doesn't actually even belong to EA.
2: Yes. And they're
1: making a ton of money off of it. So I mean I can pretty much see FIFA saying, you know, um, you know i think you you're making a lot more money off our name than mm. than what we are and uh, we want now again you could throw that 1 billion billion because it might just bring them to the bargaining table and you know maybe you, mm. you you get 500 mil out of it or something every four you know what i mean but like you usually you start with a high number yeah yeah because you know you you start with higher than what you really sort of want or whatever so um look yeah the the it could just be a bargaining thing where uh, it'll come to some sort of agreement, or they'll they'll work out like an actual thing and all that. But yeah, as I said, like I, uh, the problem is, I think yeah, the, I think FIFA is almost more associated with EA now. Than
0: yes, than I totally EA. agree. But, yeah, so it's, you know, interesting. it's like
1: I can see them saying, "Listen, we want some more money out of it."
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, but, uh, both companies are scums. So I don't really care at the end of the day, but <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, you know, two scum laws going at it, sure. Exactly, man. Throw some mud in there. Now,
0: uh, we had Letitia Wright. You m- might remember her from um, Shuri uh, in Black mm-hmm. Panther. And a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, she should be the new Black Panther. She's the, you know, forget about, like, whatever his name was. Forget uh, about it. Forget about, like, uh, T'Challa. Uh, it's all about Shuri. It's so sexist that Shuri's not black. me. You know, remember all that kind of outrage that was kicking up. Mm-hmm. Well, then it all came. We A sad story. The radical left last week when
1: Shuri's
0: actress seemed to be exposed as an anti vaxxer, if you recall, Rich. And um, well,
1: you know, she is an anti vaxxer. Well, she
0: is, yes. But now she's but, claiming the reports yes, were untrue. The, the,
1: the story is that I think they were accusing her of going around on set, yeah, spouting her stuff. And she has come out and said that is completely untrue. Now, I'm actually inclined to believe her because really? a tactic of of people, if they don't like you, is to spread lies and rumor Sure, because they want you off a project or they want you fired. Like, that's the go-to thing these days is if you don't like someone, they must be fired. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. so fucking bizarre to me. Like, I do not like... Here's the thing. I, I've got to the point now where I say firebenders, sure. but anyone can go back to the shows mm-hmm. and at the start, I was get him off this book, give him something else. Yeah put him on a smaller book or something. It's only that they just keep giving him these great titles to ruin that I'm just like fucking fire him. <laughs> but I I do not understand this thing of trying to get every single person fired. Like, I think it's bizarre to me that some people try – there's actually people out there who turn, want to turn and say that cancel culture doesn't exist. Oh, it exists. Now, it now exists. I, I think you can argue how effective is it. Mm. But you cannot argue that they do not try – to get you fired. No one's saying that they're successful. That's why people go, oh, look, he's not cancelled. I said, yeah, th- th- you retarded, mate, because cancel consciousness <laughs> doesn't mean you succeed. It no, just it's means it's what you're trying to intent.
0: do. Like, for example, with Chappelle. They're like, you know, and he was like, yeah. if this is cancelled, I love it. Like, I'm more popular yeah. than fucking yeah. ever, you know?
1: Well, that's my point. Like, people were, like, saying, no, uh, I think people at Netflix, some of the employees were like, you have to take it off the the, the streaming service.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, I'm sorry, like, what world do we live in where your go-to reaction for someone you don't like is to try and get them fired?
0: Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's it's the old thing. Remember, fire Dan did they, yeah, How many times did they, I mean, they eventually fired him, Rich, but they were saying that for, like, fucking 15 years before he finally got fired, yeah. you know?
1: But the difference is that's that, that, that more comes from, look, I do not have a problem with someone saying that you should be fired because of a job that you've done. That is the only time that I would say that you can ask for someone to be fired is if their their job performance or their output is poor. Yeah. And you feel someone better should be in that position. I've got no issues with that. But if Dan D, let's say doing a good job,
2: Mm. but
1: he says things that you don't like. Sure. And you demand that he be fired from his job. No, that I completely don't agree with. Sure. That is off the table for me. I'm sorry. Like you can ask for someone to be fired based on performance. No issues with that. That's the job. You feel someone's not living up to their the performance or is giving uh, the performance that you want. I don't have an issue with you saying, "Oh, I wish this person wasn't on that show, or I wish they were fired." But this whole like, "Oh my God, this person doesn't agree with my view set on the world. They must be fired from the show." Like, oh yeah, I, I, ideological firing. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, a, I'm not saying. Dangerous... So, like, I just this that's one of the worst things that's come from the from uh, from online for sure. Mm. Is this it's like it's the new um, uh, uh, what do they call it the the pitchfork uh, mob yeah the pitchfork you know mob. what I mean yeah. now the pitchforks is Twitter yeah it's pretty pathetic if you ask me like oh no, I think it is when when the story broke last week I was actually thinking it, I never said it but I was actually thinking I reckon that's probably lies they found out that she is an anti-vaxer which mm. is true mm. she is against the vaccine but I I was like I guarantee you they are saying that she's going around spouting this stuff because they want to get her fired. Sure.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, who no- I mean, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, look, I, I don't really, in essence, care, uh, but I do find the whole thing amusing. I mean, surely it's the kind of thing, though, that, like, at Marvel, they must be hating this because I'm sure they will trying to position Shuri to take on a huge oh, role. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Know. Well, that's why I said, like, you know, this is the danger of assuming people's uh, standings. Based on how they look or the color of their skin or the sexuality, you shouldn't assume that just because someone is something that they should think a certain way. I mean, it's the same with uh, another person who came out against the vaccine was Nicki Minaj. Right. Yeah. And there was a whole big Twitter thing with her basically just telling people to fuck off. (laughs) And she was actually said, I'm not saying that you don't get it. I'm saying I'm not getting it. Yeah. I'm saying go speak to your doctors and make sure it's right for you, mm. which, again, that's a responsible thing to say. Mm. But, again, people were going at her. They were calling her, like, all sorts of names and trying to, like, you know, uh, shame her Yeah, yeah. because so, she didn't want to get it. And I'm just like, this is a bizarre fucking world that we live in where people are just not entitled to their own opinion.
0: No, I know. It is It is very group-thinky. I, I don't always um, agree with everything that goes on. And sometimes I support the people – uh, who go against the grain, too. But I, I do have a problem with this whole kind of, like, group think We all have to be on the exact same page of everything. And if we aren't, they have got they can't work again. You know, what it's like, eh, well, Okay,
1: you know. look, take the Dave Chappelle thing, right? Yeah. Um, because that's in the news recently. That dude is left. Yeah. Right? That dude is on the left. But yeah. he disagrees with them on one thing. Yeah. Like, and that's yeah. it. They're like, no, he's a right winger. I'm like, are you yeah. serious? It just takes one thing that they don't agree that you don't agree on Mm. and you're no longer on the left. So you literally have to agree with one hundred percent of of their ideology, otherwise you ain't in the club. The thing I find (laughs) the
0: thing I always find very uncomfortable is when they go It's not censorship and they always then try to try to sort of Uh, validate why they say them censoring someone and trying to shut them down isn't censorship. And I'm like, do you realise how dangerous that is, what you're doing? That's the very thing that was done to liberal thinking for many years in the 20th and 19th centuries, uh, for a long time. And now that you've got a bit bit of sort of credibility, you're trying to shut down at times, not even conservative, but just at times, stuff that runs counter to their sort of program. And they're trying to shut that down. They always go, oh, it's not censorship. No, no, this isn't censorship. And it's like, and they always try to sort of like, uh, what's the word, sort of explain away what they're doing isn't censorship. When I'm like, what you are doing is censorship you're just refusing to call it that you you you're using semantics to try to call it yeah. something else
1: but it's it's mental gymnastics
0: yeah and and that's where myself i have a problem because that's where i say see that's where you lose me with that actually mm. and i certainly don't agree with all the conservative fucking right wing statements in all time not at all but but i do believe that people should be allowed to voice them and and you know there should be discussion, not just this sort of, like, mentality. And it's very – I mean, we say Twitter, but it is is—it is—it is on Twitter a lot, unfortunately. And they're so, so rabid, so rabid and, and so unbalanced and so desperate to block and they throw their weight around and think they're real heroes and it's like, just calm down. Calm the fuck down.
1: Well, that's what I think. I mean, I think the problem with politics today is that it's become so – Like, you remember how it's always called the opposition party? Sure. Well, that's literally like they've taken that to the extreme.
2: Yeah. Where
1: you literally oppose everything from the other party. And, you know, again, left and right do this. Mm. They've literally just become the opposite party. So if this one on the left says this, you just automatically reject it. If this one on the right says something, you just automatically adjust it because it came from the opposite party. That's no way to, like, you cannot function like that as a society and a government. That's the whole point. Why there's a middle ground?
0: Yeah, you need to live yeah. in
1: the middle ground.
0: Yep. Well, yeah. I, I agree with you, Rich. And unfortunately, I think that's where it's been lost a little bit. Um. There's been a yeah. lot. Yeah.
1: You know, Maybe been, one day we'll get it back.
0: Uh, yeah. Potentially, I, I think that like things can't continue to be quite as rabid uh, forever as they have been in recent times. You know, like there's going to have to be some adjusting. Um, but it's, it's all gonna, it's all gonna take some time. It's, it is, it is interesting though. Like, um, I do, I do think social media is part of, if not the problem, it's part of the reason why this has become, because people have, have gathered into sort of almost tribes and, mm. um, and unfortunately, like in actual tribes, rich, if you don't follow the rules of the tribe, you can end up getting stoned, you know what I mean? Mm. And exiled from the tribe. And that is kind of, I'm being simplistic, uh, but that no, is no, no. But, basically I mean, what sometimes happens. Sometimes
1: you have to look at things through a, a simplistic lens first, yeah. to then get a, a deeper. You know, you can't get to the nuanced deeper thing unless you can simplify it first. That's it, man. So there's nothing wrong with looking at some. I mean, as I've always said, that the internet is a double-edged sword. It sure. is literally the greatest invention of our time and the worst invention of our time at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I love the internet because. Thanks to the Internet, I mean, again, I don't live my life on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, but I find I am far more informed and um, uh, knowledgeable because of the Internet. Because, again, now documentaries, articles, they're at my fingertips. Sure. I can find things that I have an interest and a passion for and go, oh, my God, look at this. I'm discovering something new. And that's the best part of the Internet. But you know what? There's so many misinformed people <laughs> and unknowledgeable people, and I think of myself. I don't understand how you have the internet at your disposal. What are you using it for? And you know what? They're using it to bash people online and to go. I woke up this morning feeling grumpy on their Twitter feed. I'm just like, wow, what a use of the internet.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that definitely, uh, definitely plays in, man. People sort of, um, yeah, I mean they don't. It's not, it's not deep discussion all the time, and sometimes it's just venting as well. Some of it's kind of harmless um you
1: know. yeah but the problem is even the harmless stuff i think if you if you're online sharing your thoughts and feelings 24 7 it gives you an inflated oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ego like you yeah, think so. you're more important than you actually are
0: you think you're a tastemaker you know you think you're a guy yeah, yeah. you think
1: like your your point of view matters yeah. because you can say it online <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where other people can see it
0: yeah yeah exactly as if people are queuing up like oh what's the latest what's Dave got to say today kind of thing and just and just that 24-7 style. Um, no, look, no, nice I mean, reporting. as I said,
1: I, I think Twitter's great if you've got a great community. Like, again, if, you, if you're if you like, say, you know, you, you're you doing the podcast, you know, you're connecting with people and, sure. you know, that's a great use of the internet. In fact, I mean, that's why I originally signed up for Twitter and Facebook back in the day when they first came out because that was what, to me, it was about. It was about keeping in touch with people Opening up lines of communication, sure. but it's it's so. But you've walked far away. You've, that you you,
0: dro- you dropped the mic and walked away years ago, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Well, once it started getting people going, like, you know, what about? I was just like, okay, I, what what is this? I I literally don't care yeah. about like almost anything that people are talking about on like Facebook or Twitter, and it's just become a feed of just you know it's uh, the the feed goes so quickly and then it's just random bullshit that people are posting that literally means –
0: yeah, so basically, what you're saying, Rich, is Twitter and Facebook aren't for you, which I, which I tend to agree with. I don't think it's your scene. I mean, I'm I'm more of a publicist on there than anything, and obviously, I like to you know enjoy a bit of Bob Dylan and Frank Sinatra. No, but that's
1: but that's what I was saying before. Like, you use it, in my opinion, for its intended purposes. Thank you. You use it to put feelers out to to connect with people, so that you can get people on the show, so that we can chat to them, so they so we can interview sure. and all that sort of stuff. So, no, I mean, that to me is you are using it for. A constructive purpose, you're not just using it to put to tell people how you're feeling,
0: yeah. I know, man. Oh, well,
1: although you do do it a little bit,
0: I did do a little <laughs> bit. Exactly-, oh, oh, exactly, man. I spin my wheels on there sometimes. Now, um, the doors present the new brand Mor- brand new Morrison Hotel 50th anniversary graphic novel. Now, this thing has been this thing, Richard, has been talked about for almost as long as I've had the show, and I'm so unclear on what it actually is and where to get it. And I believe it's quite expensive. Now, do you agree with me that what they should have done is, uh, like, the recording of the album, uh, Jim Morrison's drug abuse, his alcohol abuse, his relationships, the studio, the ins and the outs. That's what I want, Rich.
1: Can I just say, oh, we have? I'm not joking, <laughs> but it's fine because obviously it's made the news again, but... I think we had this conversation months and months ago. Yes. Um, And I will tell you the same thing I told you then. What was that? The estate will never allow it. (laughs)
0: Right. Because, but but what the fuck is it then if it's not that?
1: And again, it's it's probably just be some sort of like um, celebration, I guess, of... The band or or maybe just some Again, I, I honestly have no idea what it is, but I don't think it's gonna be the drug fueled okay, psychedelic
0: why uh, not? behind the scenes. Such a missed opportunity. Of,
1: okay, I don't know. I, look, I, I know that you like yelling at me when I tell you these <laughs> things, but I don't know why not. Like I just don't think it's gonna be what you you want it to be. Okay, now
0: I unfortunately agree with you, Rich. Um, I do I do think that like there's some problems. Look, um, I'm going to $99.99 US. So that's already a fairly high price point, I feel, for this. Mm. Um, the, the Morrison Hotel Anthology, written by Lee Moore, in collaboration with the surviving members of legendary rock band The Draw Doors and drawn by artists from around the comic book world, the graphic novel weaves the band influence into some of the lore that led to their status as the architects of counterculture, influencing artists, poets, and outsiders for generations to come set against the backdrop of the close of the free spirit of the 1960s into the tumultuous 1970s, a decade in which women, African-Americans, Native Americans, gays, lesbians, and other marginalised people continued their fight for equality, and many Americans joined the protest against the ongoing war in Vietnam. Wow. Okay. That's... See, that's kind of... I'm, I'm kind of like... That's interesting. How that relates to the recording of Morrison Hotel... See... To me, if you're going to be telling the story of all that, you've got to have a boozed-up Jim Morrison crashing parties, passing out on the floor, bottle of, you know, whiskey in one hand, Coke in his nose. I
1: mean, they could could get around. They could maybe um, imply. Fuck implying? Put a needle in the arm, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying, Rich. That's what I want, man. I know that's what you want And then he's doing Roadhouse Blues
1: and that kind of stuff. Visions of his death. I hope you get what you want.
0: Well, I don't know if I want to pay $99.99 for it, though, as well. Because I'm unsure. Like, (laughs) also, this thing has been... It's been fucking long gestating.
1: I'm I'm sure we actually talked about this last year, I think.
0: (laughs) I feel like... I believe I've talked about it with Stuart as well. Like, I, I think this thing's been... It's, it's taken longer than the album to record. Well, to
1: be fair, I'm sure that uh, I'm not familiar with the artist, but I'm sure he's probably a painter. So, right. I, I would imagine it's not just like a it's a you know a comic book. I'm I'm sure it's like probably like um like Alex Ross. You know what I mean? Like sure. Alex Ross. You know, he, he takes a while to to get something done because again, he's painting. I'm sure this book will be fantastic art. I'm sure like everything, every panel, every page will be like painted I want and painted.
0: I want it, but I don't want to pay ninety nine ninety nine for it.
1: We'll just wait for it to go on sale or a special or something.
0: I need it, man. I just hope it's everything I want, and I just don't know if it's going to be rich. That's my problem.
1: You know? Hey, I've always said there's no harm in keeping your expectations low because you can only be surprised.
0: I'm expecting the greatest graphic novel ever released. That's your motto there, Dave. <laughs> I'm expecting Watchmen. Take a seat, Watchmen. We've come out with Morrison Hotel. Um, I'm just. You know,
1: well, what's that expression? Um, always aim for the moon. That way, when you miss, you still reach the stars, or that's something exactly, like that. Yours exactly. is literally the opposite. Yours is literally like, <laughs> I aim for the moon, and if I don't get the moon, it's fucking wasted. Yeah. It's all over. Nothing else matters.
0: Well, there was another Eternals trailer this week, which I didn't even bring myself to watch another it, so car commercial. You mean I, I just don't care. Did, <laughs> did you watch it? I just don't care no, about the
1: Eternals. No, no. I just no. I've show. I've seen enough uh, from the first trailer. I yeah. I've seen enough. I don't need to see more.
0: All right, now, uh, Scott Snyder's Amazon deal. I signed up for Comixology Unlimited uh, during the week, and I now get access to all the Scott Snyder stuff. Um, Clear just came out this week. I quite liked We Have Demons, which, which, which we're going to review in the weekly comics. Um, there's a lot of stuff on Comixology Unlimited. You also get a 15% discount on any buys as well, Rich, on Comixology.
1: Digital buys or physical buys?
0: Digital, on Comixology.
1: No, well, Comixology is owned by Amazon.
0: yeah. Yes,
1: so I thought maybe you might get a a, 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 a discount idea. if you buy the physical.
0: That's a good idea. They should do that, Rich. But no, it's only it's only um on the digital. Um, but anyway, so but he has a lot of stuff coming out, and he gave a very interesting uh, interview to John Suntress on WordBullet. I actually found it very interesting. Um, now, did all, he talk about plot? No, <laughs> that didn't come up actually. <laughs> uh, to be honest, that, that was funny, that, that, that quote that I, that I quoted to Chuck as well, who had a good laugh, actually. Um, now, Why the Last Man show update? I'm still watching. It's getting better. Um, it's definitely interesting. I almost wish there were more episodes in the season because I think it's only an eight or nine episode season, and I just feel the storyline's just starting to heat up. It's still very early days in comparison to the comic. Very early days. And uh, have you read the comic, Rich?
1: Uh, as I, I've said this before, I I did start, but it, I never really got into it. Do you remember the scene? I preferred uh, uh, commandy.
0: Okay. Do you do you remember the scene where they go to San Francisco and all those people are hanging out, uh, worshipping the dead rock stars like Jimi Hendrix, The Stones?
1: No, Grateful don't dead. think I got that far.
0: Well, they do this scene in the show, and my God, do they do like a very shit approach to that scene. <laughs> like, oh, like, talk about taking a scene and robbing it of all its power, you know, and really softballing it and really half-assing it, frankly. Um, you know, can exploiting. I just
1: say something? Um, you know you know, Harrison Ford has a, a famous um, quote that he said to to George Lucas? Okay, what is it? He said, George, you can write this stuff. hmm but nobody says the stuff.
0: Oh, in terms of the dialogue.
1: Yeah. Now I feel the same way when it comes to um, uh, like comics and graphic novels, right? Yeah, okay. Because I know people go, oh, but it's a visual medium. You can just copy it to the screen. It's like, yeah, it's not. It's not quite the same because when you're dealing with art, there's the little things like um, what the artist is feeling whether it be the brush lines or the pen strokes or whatever that they do to convey scenes and all that. So that's why I think sometimes scenes just come across better Mm. in a comic or graphic novel than seeing it, you know, with actors and sets and, and you know what I mean? Like there's just something about whether it be the colors, the lighting, Mm. you know, or, or, or just like the, 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 the penciling or the inking. Like, it's just, there's a lot of things that go into making something really pop on a page. Yeah. And, and and again, and the beauty of it is because it's a still picture. Your brain fills in some more.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could definitely... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like
1: your brain. And then when you see it sort of play out on screen, it never quite really, you know, it's very rare that it lives up to how you saw it in your mind. Yeah, some things could could do
0: better. I think they could do a really good Gotham Central show that could be just as good as the comic, or but you know maybe not as good as. But I think I think I I hear what you're saying. What about um. Zack Snyder's Watchmen—that was almost shot-for-shot shot from the comic. Did you,
1: I, I thought that worked. Mm, yes, but you know what? There were still certain things in it that just didn't translate well to page, mm. uh, from page to screen. Okay. There was just like again, it's just sometimes it's got to do with silhouettes mm. and lighting and what you do see, what you don't see, and you know, uh, you know. I, I know, you know. Look, I think Snyder. Mm. In, in what is actually better than Watchmen is Three Hundred. Oh yeah. 300, I think. But again, 300, I think, was was a little bit easier because um, <clears throat> there's not that many sets, mm. so you could go for this. You know what I mean? He did actually match those silhouettes.
2: Mm.
1: Can't you know what I mean? A lot of oh, like yeah. with you know going off the man, so uh, you can do it. But I mean, he literally had to go completely um, bl- a green screen. Yeah, I love to even it. to even capture mm-hmm. like. W- the, sort of how but even then and you know actually to be fair another one that wasn't too bad was um uh sin city oh yeah for sure um you know with the black and white and all that sort of stuff that but again great. there was it's not perfect there's still some things that didn't translate well but that's what i said like no matter how hard you well you do it it's all there's always going to be some of it that just doesn't quite Well, yeah hit. The, the, the difference between, now to be fair yeah. we, we're comparing like high budget movies to a fucking – I'm pretty sure not that high-budget. Well, I don't know. It could be a high-budget TV show for all I know. I mean, they did. I mean, you're dealing with a post-apocalypse. I think it's a fairly – I'd probably say it's got a fair bit of money, honestly.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but, you're, but as far as you're concerned, they're sort of um, – yeah, like it's, it's not a must-see for you in any way is a rich.
1: As I said, I watched the first – what did I get through, like two and a half or something – Oh, okay. Two episodes. Ah, it's just so boring, man. Like, I'm sorry, I'm just bored to tears. I can't watch stuff like that.
0: Fair enough, man. Uh, well, you know, we shopping with the gang this week. I actually, f- for once, couldn't find anything that I actually wanted. Now that is a concern. I mind you, I have bought plenty of stuff online, so maybe yes. that's part of it. You know, maybe get
1: a get, maybe get a Hot Toys. Yeah,
0: no, I'm. <laughs> I'll save my money. I've got. I've got. That's one. just
1: expensive, bro. Like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I must be honest, that's why I'm, I, I, my, my finger's still hovering over the add to cart button because yeah. I'm like, I really want it. But then I look at the price tag and I go, you know, I can't afford it. But I'm like, but do I want Like, <laughs> It's like How much all it? this shit's going through my head. Mm. Oh, it's like uh, almost like 500 bucks. Well, that's a lot. See, I, I've, gotten, mm.
0: I've gotten some of the Trek sort of collectibles. I've got a Harley Quinn. I've got a TIE Fighter Pilot and I've got a Stormtrooper.
1: Let me ask you this, did you get it directly from them or did you buy it from a Australian retailer? Uh
0: no, I bought it directly from them in every every case. Yeah.
1: Okay. No, because it's definitely more expensive to buy from Australian. No, I, I, all of
0: them I got from I got from the actual place. Yeah. yeah. I almost I work, yeah, I
1: one. worked it out. It's almost like an extra $150 to buy it oh, um, yeah. from Australia.
0: Yeah, they mark it up massively, man. Yeah. No, yeah. For sure. This week, I haven't actually got anything in shopping with the gang, actually, in fairness. Um, but as I said, I did buy myself two Bob Dylan biographies mm-hmm. and, um, and quite a few of other things. So I guess I'm not doing too badly, including that Rambo. Um, no,
1: no, 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 no. Well, that's the thing. You have done shopping. I have you done some shopping. kind of mentioned it at the top of the show. Yes.
0: Now, Weekly Comics, Rich, uh, mm. we have demons. I want to get your mm. view on this. I enjoyed it. I thought it was promising. 6.5 out of 10. What did you think?
1: I thought it was okay.
0: Yeah, like a, yeah, like it's
1: it's kind of like a I don't know, a cheaper Buffy with demons.
0: Yeah, do you think that this kind of thing will have legs, or do you think it's just him pitching for a sort of a movie?
1: Oh no, okay. You know what? This is, you make a, you you brought up a very good point here, which I've been thinking about a lot. Mm. What's that? The problem. This is, I think, the biggest problem with the current crop of new creators. Mm. They all chase in the Netflix deal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I just, I don't feel like there's, um, I don't don't feel like there's that much like passion or thought into it. I think it's just about like, what is something I can do that would, that, that Netflix might pick up?
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I think that's,
1: you know what I mean? And as I said, like this thing, it's okay. It's, I mean, I don't feel like it's it's that new or that different to, like, a lot of other stories or even TV shows that have come and gone. But, again, Netflix is always – and Amazon and all that, they're all looking for new shows to create and stream. so you they know, should hop I on, think on the so series. Many,
0: they should throw some money at Demorn. That's what they should do. Well,
1: maybe you should send them a copy.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, um, yeah, no, but I agree. Like – Look, I thought this was promising. I was kind of interested. I thought the artwork was good. It was probably a bit too much text at times for me. It was very text-heavy. But I understand he's trying to build the world up quite quickly. I don't know. I I, I got to the end of it and I was kind of like, okay, as you said, Buffy, yeah, very similar, you know? Yeah, so I'm thinking, Rich, they should throw some cash at DeBorn. That's what I'm really thinking. I think that there's a – Well, you know what? You know.
1: I, I completely agree with you, but you know why? Because you wrote Des Moines before Netflix was a thing. You wrote sure. that because you had a great story you wanted to tell. You weren't chasing no. a awesome. Netflix deal when you created that because obviously you – So that's what I said. I, don't, I actually prefer that they maybe go and go look for old stuff that was written mm. to be good and to stand on its own. Mm. You know what I mean? I would not go and chase any of these current writers who are just creating all sorts of shit to try and get a Netflix deal because that's what they're writing for. They're writing for the Netflix show.
0: The Mark Millers of the world with their, look, you know, six-issue sort of – look. no, no, no. You know
1: what? To be fair, Mark Miller, I think, is pretty much getting out of comics in a sense, Mm. and I think he wants to kind of make movies and TV shows, so I don't begrudge him. He's he's put in the hard yards over the years to – that. I, to, to, I, I can afford him that leeway, but I'm talking about this, the current writers who have not even made a name for themselves. Yeah, who, who have not spent the time doing the hard yards. All there they, again for them, comics is a stepping stone to the Netflix deal. theirs is a stepping stone to Hollywood or, or, or you know, mm. stuff and all that. I don't think like yeah, that, comics is just a a, um, a milestone to get where they want to go. Whereas before, people wanted to write. And and work in comics because they loved comics and they wanted to. Yeah. I hear, you, man.
0: I hear, you big time. Or
1: a Netflix deal or whatever. They just wanted to write good comics.
0: No, I I totally agree. Um, I'm giving it six point five out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich?
1: Ah, eh, give it a five out of ten.
0: Okay. Then we had Warhammer Forty K Sisters of Battle Two and Three. I, oh, you I, and I
1: are going to disagree
0: on this. Oh, my God, I loved it, man. Eight out of ten. I love this series, dude. I am I am so invested. Um, Are you not feeling it?
1: No. Uh, I mean, literally three issues. We've read three issues now, and the story hasn't progressed at all. They're literally still in the same spot that they were. Two, slightly, i have move slightly. I totally dislike this art. Do you really? I like it a lot. No, mate, go go fucking go to 2000 AD, man, or or something. Go get like a Nick Percival or um, uh, what's his name? Simon Simon Beasley. Uh,
0: yeah, Simon Beasley. Yeah.
1: You know, go and get go and get that fucking gritty 2000 AD artist, man, to come in and do a 40k thing. I don't want this almost generic comic book looking art. I mean, every time they shoot off someone's head, it's literally. Like there's no blood mm. okay all right. no I want this no man, it looks like a balloon popping with no blood or brains or yeah. anything. I mean, if you're doing forty k i want I want guts, gore, and yeah. brain matter everywhere
0: all right, so you're 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 not feeling it basically and,
1: and also the story is not I'm sorry, please tell me how the story has progressed in three issues
0: I'm not hundred percent clear on the story. Uh, <laughs>
1: To be honest. They, they've literally moved from like this doorway to that doorway in three
0: issues. <laughs> oh, that girl got shot. How about the bit where they did the yeah, lay of hands? Yeah, moving from the
1: one doorway to the other doorway.
0: Yeah, but what about when they did the lay of hands and, and she got healed? I called Dion and said, I didn't know sisters of battle could heal themselves. He goes, yeah, the warp can heal them due to their belief in yeah. the emperor. That's from That's from the canon, yeah. man.
1: But I'm just saying, literally nothing has happened in three issues. I'm sorry.
0: What are you giving it? Rich out of ten.
1: Uh, honestly, again, I'll give it a five as well. Because I'm giving it eight. I mean, it's. I mean, I. I get what they're trying to do with it, but it's it's too PG.
0: Yeah. Okay. You want a bit more blood and guts.
1: I want. I want two thousand eighty shit, man. Like I want. Mm. I want over the top. Blood guts, uh, gore, everything. Yeah, it. I just wanted super. It's forty k, man. It's forty k. It needs to be insane. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, look, I don't know. I, I personally enjoyed it, but I, I hear what you're saying. I, I could do with it being more gritty as well. I guess I'm just, I'm just so obsessed with the Sisters of Battle now. Like, I'm really into the story. Um, there's a lot oh, of dude, shit. Going then you on. should
1: really check out, like the actual like novels and books, stuff yeah i got I got. they are far better than this marvel comic i'm yeah, sorry
0: okay i've got to check out some sister battle books i mean i i have read quite a bit of my space marines chronicles um i enjoy those Dion teases me incessantly about liking the space marines so much but i love the ultramarines
1: lots of people do mate that's why they've been around for so long
0: yeah they're fucking great Dion likes the salamanders um you know and he thinks they're where the, they're they're the bees knees and he teases me richard for liking the Ultramarines. Um, yeah, but anyway.
1: Well, I, th- I think more people like the Ultramarines, so I think you're in probably yeah. uh, more company.
0: Yeah, indeed. I agree, Rich. Now, um, so you gave it five, I gave it eight. Then we had... I want to get your view on this as an artist. A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. I-, I liked the title. I read it. Why are comics so slow? I was just baffled by how sort of slow sort of this story seemed to just drag itself out like nice artwork but i found this really dull what did you think rich
1: this is probably one of the worst books you've picked in a while
0: well thank you i guess i didn't write it so you know
1: (laughs) no i said picked not wrote.
0: okay so you didn't Uh... like it you didn't
2: like it
1: no, uh again, I mean, okay, fair enough when I say that uh nothing's happened in the 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 sister books, the battle sister books. I mean uh, at least there is action in it. I mean almost, almost quite literally nothing happens in this book.
0: It was very dull, wasn't it? Like
1: I mean of all the pages, I think maybe there's three pages of actual plot.
0: Yeah. Oh
1: he's and, on the, the, rest is, and the rest just literally feels like filler. He's on the bus. It's just like, oh, my God. Oh, and by the way, you know how I say, like, uh, I I want less dialogue in comics? Sure. This is probably maybe the first time where I'm like, I'd like some more dialogue, please. (laughs) Or at least just some more um, uh, narration. Something. Or something. Like, this was so boring. I'm sorry. Yeah. This was super boring. It got slightly interesting at the end there. Yes. But I'm just like, I'm sorry. I I should not have to read... um, 23 pages to get to the last three interesting pages. Can,
0: can I ask, what actually happened at the end there? Can you break it down for me? Like, he got to the house.
1: So, okay, well, here's the thing we don't know why he was going to that house. Right. There's no narration in this fucking book, literally whatsoever. Yes. So, you're just following this Asian guy as he's walking in the rain, trying to get on a bus. <laughs> his cigarettes get wet. He goes and buys his new cigarettes. Mm. Somehow he talks to some uh, kid about a bird that needs to be killed. You know, and why is it his responsibility? And then he gets to a house where he knocks and he knocks. It. Then he goes in and then he finds the two dead bodies that have literally been, like, tortured. Mm. Um, and then he realizes that it's the guy that he bumped into in the in the shop when he was getting his cigarettes. Oh, I didn't realize um, that. Okay. Right. Yeah, because he picks up the bleach. Because remember, he bumped into that guy Vagal. and he dropped the stuff and they picked it up. It was like duct tape and um,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. bleach
1: and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just like... I don't think it's worth. Like, I'm sorry. Like, mm. if you paid dull. money for this, I feel bad for you because you literally only got three interesting pages. Yeah, I know. Out of what almost thirty pages, and we yeah. got the we got I, the image. I'm sorry, copies. it's
0: yeah, we got the image copy. So thank you, image, for that. But no, this was dull. This is very, very dull.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I said. If someone paid for it, I feel bad for you because you got three pages worth of story. Four out of ten from me. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh yeah. Uh, I mean. Art's okay. It's not. It's it's that typical. Rick Romender loves this kind of simplistic art. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think four. I'm um, three and a half.
0: Three and a half. Yep. Okay.
1: Three and a half for the three and a half pages of content that I got. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: agree. I I I I hear you on that one. Then we had your pick, Rich. Blue and gold. Three. This was this was this was a pick from you.
1: Well, th- I mean, we had covered the first two issues, yes. so I thought, let's just let's just see the third one, you know, um, uh, third time is the charm, mm. as they say.
0: And was it for you?
1: Um, yeah, you know what, again, I the problem is not awful, but I don't feel anything either.
2: Mm. I, mean, I just don't feel like it's hitting,
1: yeah. mm. I don't feel like it's hitting the right spots for me. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Look, I don't mind and I it. say that as, a, And I say that as a Blue Beetle and, and Booster. I mean, you know me. I've been fucking You'd trying to get you to guys. read.
0: So you were saying you've been trying to get me to read Blue Beetle for, like, it feels like, Yeah, I, I mean, as I
1: said, anyone who's been listening to the show knows I'm a massive Booster Gold fan. I've been mm. trying to get you to read him for years. Mm. Um, I, I, I love the JLI. Those are my favorite characters. So it really sucks for me to turn around and say that this book makes me feel nothing.
0: Yeah. Nothing at all. Just dead.
1: Yeah. Again, it's not terrible, but it doesn't hit any, like, sweet spots for me either. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, look, I, I sort of read it, and I, I sort of enjoy it. I, I don't love the art, actually, frankly. Um, but mm. I sort of enjoyed it. Like, it's if this had been in the 2000s, this would have been a mid-tier book. And I feel that, like, it's coming yeah. out now. It, it, it's kind of flattered by the company around it, you know, because so many of the books at the moment coming out from DC suck. And, you know, it's okay. It's, like, aggressively okay. I mean, I'd give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, I can't give it more than that, though,
1: you know? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. As I said, like, it's uh, it's competent, mm. you know? I mean, I mean, it's, it's terrible that that's, uh, you know, that's what I can say about it. But, mm. yeah, I mean, a 5, 6 out of 10 seems... Pretty reasonable. Um, I don't feel like the humor is landing no. that well. You know what I mean? And to be fair, I don't think, I don't think Dan Jurgens is, I don't know if he's right for this book, yeah. even though he is the creator of Booster Gold. Yeah. Because I, I just think they should have maybe got someone, you know, because I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I, Dan Jurgens' career, I've never known him. Like, I didn't see him as the funny guy. No. I don't see him as the comedic writer. Mm. You know, some of the stuff, like, you know, when he's writing a book, he can have some funny moments in it. But I feel like, you know, this is a book where you feel you have to be funny all the time. Yeah. And the problem is, is if you're not naturally, like, just funny all the time or can make something seem, like, naturally funny, mm. you can struggle to try and make everything funny. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think maybe this maybe wasn't I, – I, I would have loved it if he maybe drew it. Yeah. and was maybe a co-writer and brought someone else on to sort of write it with him who was a bit more of a funnier guy or, a you know, a bit more of a comedic writer and the two of them could work – you know, basically like uh, Giffen and DiMatteis. Well, comedy's you know, like hard. Giffen's a more funny guy and, and DiMatteis is a little bit more, you know, serious. But, I mean, obviously has a bit of a funny bone in him. But the two of them play well together because one's kind of more the straight man, one's the, the comedian.
0: Mm. I mean, comedy's hard. Comedy – writing comedy is no, it is. is. Hard. You know, it's It's tough. And, and it's hard
1: he, to be funny all the time.
0: Yeah, it's hard to be exactly. That's why I think a lot of Deadpool writers, uh, at, if they can do it right, uh, show quite a bit of talent. But I just think that, that yeah, he's not that funny, and it, it's kind of more wacky than funny as well. You know, it's just wacky adventures kind of style to me. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: You know. As I said, like it's just weird. Like it's not, it's not, it's not like it's like oh my god, it's not funny at all. It's just yeah. that I think it's. Trying to be funny too much and a lot of it's not landing. Mm. Uh the art is okay for the most part. I would have preferred to see um a bit more of a, either a cartoony style mm. or even maybe a hyper reali- you know, uh, realistic, like like Kevin Maguire, you know what I mean? Because it is a comedy book.
2: Mm.
1: You know, and that's why Kevin Maguire is so perfect for their JLI because his facial expressions really sold a lot of the jokes in the dialogue. Mm. Um, I think this this art is just too generic. Yeah, it's very blocky. awful. But it's it's very blocky. It's 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 very mid tier. You know, it's very superhero. It's very like yeah. B team Justice League art.
0: Yeah, I agree. And yeah, it's I almost want to say a bit of a missed opportunity. This book, I feel. This, I think so. Yeah. I feel this book could have been better than it was. I, I'm going to give it a six out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich?
1: Yeah, I'll go with yeah. You know, uh, I was tr- uh, struggling to 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 rate it, but I'll go with uh, six. Now that you've said it, I think six sounds yeah, sounds right.
0: Um, okay, now we come to our trade of the week, which was Guy Gardiner. year one. right uh, honestly, it really enjoyed this, uh, and I'm no Guy Gardner aficionado, but I certainly have grown to like him over the years, reading him in Green Lantern. Uh, initially. I couldn't stand him, Rich, when, when he turned up. And then over the years, reading more DC, I've, I've come around and I'm like, okay, you know what? This character's got a bit of potential. And I like the way Chuck Dixon, with Joe Staten on our duties, uh, as, as Chuck was saying last week, he kind of... What makes him... Why is he such a prick? You know, and this goes into the year one of it. He was very much in the shadow of his brother. Um, there's a kind of, I thought, pretty nifty idea... The creatures going into his brain, and yeah, I, I, his I, I,
1: I completely agree. Like I thought, this was a fantastic way of of telling you someone's backstory without just doing a. All right, now we're just going to do four issues of his Origin. childhood. Yeah. So the story is is, uh, he gets captured by these aliens who are capturing Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, at this time, guygon is not a Green Lantern. But what happens is, they go to Earth because they are going to get Hal Jordan. Mm -hmm. But then they they see Guy Gardner and obviously the the yellow ring is more powerful than the the green ring,
2: Mm.
1: you know, because obviously it doesn't have the the same weakness. And then they decide we'll take him instead. He seems more powerful. And what they're doing is they're basically creating clones of the Green Lanterns that they have captured to uh, use as sleeper agents. And what they're doing is they are downloading basically the memory. Of of the people they capture, so that the person is a uh, a one hundred percent facsimile, uh, facsimile yes. of the, the the person, so that they wouldn't be caught out. And that I thought was a very interesting way. So every time they hook him into the machine, mm. he's reliving his past, but he interjects the the flashbacks with the current action and the escape, and you know yeah, what I mean. So it's, yeah. it's it's beautifully told where you're not just like. You're not just reading four issues of his backstory. Mm. It's intermittent. And again, this is storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. This is keeping your audience entertained while you are giving them a backstory of a character.
0: And Chuck does it all with a character that, frankly, I've got very little interest in a solo title for. But reading it for the show, I was invested. And I was like, yeah, I've been enjoying this. And when I finished one, I, I think I read all four of the year one issues at a clip. Um, mm-hmm. it, like, honestly, it's like 7.5 out of 10 from me. And that's coming with a handicap. Like, I don't care about Guy Gardner, you know? Um, but Chuck told it well. Great artwork. Uh, just a really kind of, like, I, I think very good book. And I could see why when Chuck was at DC, they would throw him titles like this and go, can you write us this? Can, can you give us eight issues, Chuck? You know, we need it. And he wheels in. He comes up with a cool story. That stuff about his brother took me by surprise, like his brother was at one point, I thought it was heroin, but it was just dope, so it was just marijuana, I thought it was heroin for one second, uh, Rich, did you?
1: No, well I mean it was pretty obvious.
0: Yeah, but but at first I thought it was like, you know when they cooked the heroin? I thought that's what it was for a second.
1: Well, no, but I mean, because gone is kind of a kid, and when he says I've smelt that before, I mean, yeah. let's be honest, most kids would have smelt probably marijuana because of the cool kids at school. Yes, uh, and then obviously they do show the ashtray with yes, they do like the buds and all that. So, so yeah, so they they you just wanted always to be the hard
0: stuff, Dave. Yeah, I did. I was like, wow, we're really getting there, Chuck. We're really going in, <laughs> in deep, but it was just a bit of bit of wacky tobacco. But um, but the the father was just so
1: awful, wasn't he? Oh god, I mean look like, like I'm not joking. Like this is literally a this is a Shakespearean tragic backstory. You've got a guy Garner who seems to be an unwanted child. Sure. Right? Whose father is an absolute mean drunk and blames him for everything.
2: Mm.
1: Right? And you've got a mother who doesn't step in or do anything. No. Yeah. And then obviously you've got the older brother who is the apple of the, the father's eye, who can do no wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then his brother turns out to be a dirty cop. That's Again, right.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, so,
1: yeah. so they say. I mean, it's never really come out as to whether or not that was true or not.
0: Internal affairs do, do tell him that, but, yeah, we're, we're left.
2: Uh, yeah, but I
1: mean, you're left to sort of go, oh, was he, you know, was this? Because, you know, some cops are uh, uh, labeled that and then it turns out they're not or – So, but anyway, that's kind of left sort of up to you to decide if maybe that. But either way, he is paralyzed and then basically takes his own life. Wow. Heavy. The father just gets even more and more drunk and mean. And then finally, guy just like fucks off. Mm. Says, that's it. I'm completely done with this family. Then, (laughs) uh, literally lands up in a coma, uh, helping Green Lantern and then he's chosen uh, to to be the second lantern and is literally lost in limbo
0: Is this all stuff that happened in the comics
1: So that's stuff that happened in the comics except for obviously the childhood stuff the childhood stuff is all um, Oh yeah ch- but but I mean the other stuff post childhood it did yeah, yeah 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 so he, apparently he was like the second one or you know uh, when the ring found the replacement it, it located two people but Hal was closer now some people So didn't
0: Guy like, Gardner turn up like, in, really in the late 60s or early 70s? Like, like yeah, very he, briefly? Yeah, he was
1: before John.
0: Yeah, okay. Right.
1: Uh, but then they, like, basically, you know, he was in a coma, lost his mind, mm. uh, blah, 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 and then that's when John came on the scene, and then, obviously, Engelhardt basically um, uh, revitalized the character by sort of bringing him out of the coma and giving him that chip on his shoulder. Yes. Um, and then, obviously, Chuck from there uh, gave him a more nuanced... Mm. Uh, a chip on his shoulder, you know, because basically he's had to try and prove his existence his whole life. Yeah. To his father, you know mm. what I mean. So you can understand why he hates Hal Jordan. Well, respects him but hates him. Yeah. Because he's in the shadow, just he like he in, was with his brother. Exactly.
0: He was in the shadow of the the you quarterback know, and hero, uh, who then became the hero, co-op, et etc. Yeah, And and Hal Jordan is kind of like the, the, the quarterback of the Green Lanterns and he's like, you know... Yeah, he's
1: heralded as the greatest Green Lantern can do no wrong at this point, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you can understand. And again, I thought Chuck did a fantastic job of looking at the character mm. and using that as pretty much like saying, okay, well... What if I give him a brother? And that could be the alleg- you know, the the allegory for like Hal Jordan and why he mm. has this antagonistic relationship, because maybe he sees it as it's back to him being with his brother, mm. you know, growing up with his brother. And then again, uh no one believes in him. So he's constantly feel like he's gotta overprove himself. Sure. You know what I mean? So I again I just thought the whole thing was, and you know what? I I really enjoyed this title back in the day. As I said, <clears throat> Gaigon has always been like up there like he's just just below for me um uh Hal jordan sure as like my uh, as the best green lanterns right it'll always be held Jordan number one but guy gone is like right behind him there like yeah, you're at his yeah, fan, and this book was i mean obviously it was it was the jli that got me interested in the character mm. but that was more interesting on a sort of a comedic level mm-hmm. uh and this book the guy gone and when he got the yellow ring made me a fan more of a fan of of Guy Gardner like and the current Guy Gardner that we have now and it really sucked that they really fucked up the book not chuck
0: yeah so after <laughs> uh, after chuck they had people come on who did like the um
1: they he... basically got rid of the yellow ring they gave him alien dna and he started calling himself warrior yeah, and uh, awesome. you know he could morph his hands into like weird guns and shit and it was just so terrible and he was walking around in chaps at one point like leather jacket and the chaps and I'm like i really liked his uh, jeans yeah man, jacket and cowboy boot look i think it was pretty unique um but yeah i mean you know all good things must come to an end sadly
0: yeah and i guess he's one of those guys whose book was probably always on the cusp you know like you know yeah. you know sort of because if only green lantern fans would buy it and you had to be a really big Green Lantern fan. It's probably like the Judgment magazine. They always say it sells half of 2000 AD because it's it, you, it's it's going for the diehards, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I look. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. It's I'm, such a shame that they didn't give him his own. It's just such a shame that he didn't stick with the yellow lan- uh, the yellow ring though. Is like, he still around? Forever. Like in the current DC? Yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a, he's a green yeah. Oh. He's a Green Lantern still. Okay, cool.
0: Um, 7.5 out of 10 from me. I think a very good job on a character I don't care about, but I actually really enjoyed. And actually, honestly, he's gone up in my estimation now because now I know, you know, in history, in the continuity, why he's kind of such a prick, basically. Mm. You know, it's, it's... Oh, no,
1: no, yeah. It's, it's a fantastic way of making you... You can still like dislike how he carries on, mm. but you can now do it sympathetically.
0: Yeah, and and I was told in interesting fashion, you know, like how he, how all the Green Lanterns were trapped in that ship, and he was the one coming up with the plans. Um, it was yeah. I, what do you give it out of ten, Rich?
1: Uh, for me, it's a definite eight point five.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun, and honestly, if you enjoy Green Lantern, check this book out. Um, it's it, it's quite easy to find. Um. Uh, and I,
1: honestly i i would even recommend the the issues before this
0: okay yeah even
1: they're not written by chuck i'm not joking if you enjoyed this mm. go back and start from number one okay yeah i i think i think you'll enjoy it it's it's very it's he's just so brash and he's just so full of himself he's so arrogant yeah um it, it's actually quite enjoyable to read honestly yeah
0: no it's, it was it was really really a cool title now, Rich, I mean, this comes... It's been a stormy show. I think that I think the storms may have impacted on the internet. Yeah, well, we've
1: we, been yeah. having lots of storms um, the last couple of days since yeah. Monday, really.
0: I do want to apologise. Listeners, I will try to edit it out as much as possible. But, I mean, there was a few little technical glitches. You know, generally, I think the storm patterns have been pretty severe in Sydney over the last 24 hours. Um, I do want to thank you all for listening. Next week, we're going to be doing Punisher Jigsaw Puzzle Reach, a six-issue arc. Mm. Um, it's collected in a recent Epic Collection, um, all easily available. Just a six issues out of that, but not the whole Epic Collection, not all 400 pages, just six issues. Mike Barron uh, on, uh, obviously, a Punisher story that's starring Jigsaw, that uh, famous Punisher villain. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while since I've done some Punisher, and I thought time to get back to basics, you know?
1: Well, he's been on your mind a lot since uh, <laughs> chatting with Chuck.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, well, I, I got right into it. I, I love talking to Chuck. It's not the first time about putting Punisher in that room and breaking him right down. I just, I just, I love, I, I almost, I'm almost in the story room with them. You know what I mean? When they're coming up with it, I'm just loving it that much. Um, look, I want to thank the listeners. Uh, look, support the collective, as we mentioned. Uh, there's a whole stack of shows on the collective network. Um, we we post each other's shows. Um, we, you know, do guest spots on each other's shows. I've been on various shows um, it's great. The guys like Ray, you know Connor, Brian Biggie, plenty of others out there. Phil, Lilith, you know on Capes and Lunatics. There's plenty of good stuff there. Um, I do encourage you to check that out. And please, um, if you can support the show on Patreon, much appreciated, patreon.com slash signalofdoom. Uh, give us a nice, like on the Facebook page and like our Twitter. Rich, anything?
1: No, just no? keep on trucking, everybody. Keep on keeping on. Keep on killing, as they say, Rich. I, I don't want to take it that far, Dave. I do. I
0: want to take it just all the way. Just keep
1: on being a good person.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> worship the dark one. You know, look, in, look, in, look into the abyss. Well, that's it,
1: man. I'm the, I'm the light to balance your dark. That's it, man. And by the
0: way, still, I'm still waiting for a take to do my Bob Dylan podcast with the, the Patreon episode, Rich. You and me, Rich, four hours just listening to Bob going so deep. Can you imagine it? Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, hell, yeah. You get to the end of that one, you feel like you've really walked around the sun. You'll be like, wow,
1: Dave. Yeah, I probably feel like I need a holiday. (laughs) All right. Thank you, and good night. Good night.